What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ballgame. So many ways to listen on 95.3 FM, 1350 AM, and always streaming on the new and improved KTIK app. All right, it's a Tuesday that feels like a Monday for some of us. What's going on? Welcome to what we hope is your favorite sports talk radio program. This is Idaho Sports Talk. We're Prater in the ballgame and always appreciate you joining KTIK Sports Radio. The ticket, that's us. It's AM or FM on your radio dial. It's KTIK.com, your website. It's on your phone after you download the app. You like, follow, subscribe, what we do on social media. And to be a part of this very show today, remember 208-424-9300. Call or text us. We're going to ask you to do both today, so keep your phones handy, and trust me, you'll want to text in for what we're giving away today. I'm Johnny Ballgame in the RowPaint.com studio. John Patrick, JP, uh, where's where's the tour at this week, brother? Where's the tour? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Where's the PG, Where's the golf? Where's the PGA Tour oh, the this PGA week? Tour where's the tour is, at? Uh, down in Mexico this week, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. Keeping you on your toes right there. <laughs> you threw that at me, I'm like, uh, what tour? What tour? Uh, Prater, you Guns think if you asked JP where the tour is, you'd think he would think I was talking oh. about golf now? Was that a little vague for him? Um, probably a little bit of it. Probably a little vague. Yes. Where's the tour today, Prater? I was welcome. I was I was a little jealousy yesterday, pal. Why is that? Uh, I get. I see this tweet. I think I even saw you post it on Facebook. Yesterday was President's Day. God, I was bored, man. Like for me to get bored, that's really saying something. I was so bored, Prater. I had my tires rotated yesterday, but I saw you and golf and hockey all in <clears> one. <throat> You usually don't post many social escapades, adventures in your life, Prater, but yesterday you felt the need to do so, and I was jealous sitting on my couch as you are watching hockey and playing golf. It was a beautiful day. (laughs) I went and involved one of our sponsors as an ex-golf Boise. I'm going to definitely throw that out there. Thank you, Chet and gang, for an absolutely wonderful day, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, it was a good day yesterday. I watched the Daytona 500. I watched two hockey games. I played 18 holes of golf. Actually, I played 14 because we, we ran out of time because I spent a lot of time looking for my ball, even in simulator golf. I what? lost my goal like 47 times. And um, and it was a great day. Every, every, every Monday should be like President's Day. As a matter of fact, I've, I'm voting from here on out that we all take Monday off and we load up Monday with golf, hockey, car racing, all kinds of fun stuff, ball game. It was a beautiful day. And you yeah. know when you're bored? Yeah. You, that's that's something you can fix yourself, you know. It's hard for me too, man. I know. I mean, well, I call friends. Hey, what are you doing? Every time I've invited myself over to JP's one time in my life and I'm crucified for it on this show. Not, you know, I don't know. I was sitting on my couch. No one in my family wanted to hang out. And there, I didn't, I mean, I'm not the hockey geek. I can't stay fixated on the Daytona 500. I caught it for 20 minutes 
here or there. That's like anybody have if anybody can top Prater's President's Day. I'd like to hear what you guys did. Text our Cloverdale Plumbing text line. JP, did you want to get in on uh, this? Yeah. Well, I wasn't as exciting as Prater's. I'll tell you that. I went to Lowe's. I I, no, I, I wasn't I, asking what I, you were doing. Well, I thought you wanted to comment oh, on what me and Prater well, yeah, were was, talking about. Prater, shit, Prater. He goes to care. Lowe's every weekend. <laughs> I shredded some documents. I mean, it was a boring day. <laughs> you thought you were boring. I was about probably worse than you, Johnny. I, I, it crossed my mind. I was so bored yesterday. Like, you know what? Like, I, I, I would have came in and done a show if we could have. I would have rather came in and done a show yesterday. And I was thinking, you know what? I wish you had the option. when Because that was, is that a federal day off, Prater? No, I don't think so. It's not. It's just one that they give us. It's a, it's a work day. They, you don't have to give people President's Day off. I don't, I don't believe so. I don't uh, believe so. Okay. But if we could have worked yesterday and then used the day off any other way we wanted, like I'm going to use my President's Day holiday in March, something like that. I wish they had that policy because yesterday there were no sports on of my liking, and I just sat there on my butt, man. It sucked. That's a, that's a you problem, ball game. That's a you problem. You need to fix that. And uh, I went out to breakfast with friends. I took the whole family out to dinner last night. I went to restaurants twice yesterday. Wow, I had a busy, busy day. Up. It was a beautiful day. We don't, at the Prater household, we don't stay at the Prater household. We don't, we don't like the Prater household, and we try to get out and about. The wife actually worked yesterday, so she was out of the house, and... Uh, it was a good day, so they should make. And by the way, you know here at here at Cumulus Radio, they have a floating holiday. Uh, we do have the one, yes. And you, so you can pick any day you want to take any day off, and it doesn't even count towards your vacation. You take uh, advantage of that, right? Every year, brother. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. But if we, but but give me all the holidays. Throw that in. This so one have like six of them. But but then no. you'd be bored for six Mondays. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. Th- I think you should be careful with what you ask for because you just be bored. And uh, I should have planned ahead. I should ask what you were doing. You probably would have let me tag along to X Golf. I mean, you're not doing anything. These friends of yours. I mean, I'm not gonna like go embarrass myself in front of you and your buddies. I could have probably showed up. My ball would be harder to find than your ball, though, on that simulation. Yeah, yeah you, you you were not invited. Yeah, <laughs> you were definitely not invited to golf. Well, Prater, <laughs> Kenny, is there a quintessential Kenny Chesney song? Is he known for one song? I don't think he is. His first big hit was She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy. Okay. Yeah. Prater, you like that one? I couldn't name one Kenny Chesney song. Well, he's coming to the Idaho Center outside Amphitheater in July. And we told you this last week. Yes, we have another pair. We're going to give you a chance to win today. But we're not, Prater, asking folks just to call in and say something on the air or something. Today, it's a little bit different. JP put some time some effort into this one. Prater, we're actually we're going to ask a little more of our listeners today to get these tickets. You know what we're doing? I do know what we're doing. This is a pretty cool And deal. I'm going to dispute the fact that Jay put it, put it he typed in six letters. Uh, he typed in six letters. Uh, but but you got to go there and click on it and it stuff? It was already there. He just had to update the keyword. Oh, really? We've used this before, Ballgame. Thanks, yeah. For, yeah, thanks for paying attention. But I thought he was supposed to go there and set it up it took again. Me it's two not minutes. It took, took me two minutes. All right, fine. Two it minutes. didn't take JP yeah. any extra time <laughs> to do this. But if you are interested in going to this Kenny Chesney concert, all you got to do, Prater, hit him with it. Yeah, hit KTIK.com. That's very simple, guys. KTIK.com. Go to the contest tab at the top. There's a blue bar, contest tab. And then go down to bonus keyword. Click on bonus keyword. And the information's right there. If you can't figure it out from there, I can't help you. But right. it's pretty simple, pretty easy. JP made it simple, and it, uh, it's it's right there. KTIK, KTIK.com, contest, bonus keyword, 
follow JP's instructions, and you're going to go to a Kenny Chesney concert, possibly, by the end of today's show. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. You got to, we're going to draw at about 5.30, so you just have to get it done today. Well, it? we're drawing at 5.30. We'll 530. remind you a couple of times. Okay, yeah. So, And you can only do it once. It doesn't help you to do it a bunch of times, but you can automatically register for Kenny Chesney tickets just by doing that. Easy peasy. Prater, it's hard to imagine, but there are only three Boise State home basketball games left this season. One of them tonight, you got the late night crowd, San Jose State, 8.30 on FS1 and KBOI, Prater. But uh, just three of these bad boys left and certainly want to get off on the right foot tonight against the Spartans. Yeah, this this should be a, an easy-peasy game tonight and uh, should be a no problem as Boise State continues to try to get itself Right and tournament ready and postseason ready and certainly San Jose State is part of that. I expect Boise State to go off and play play well and take care of business tonight. Road game on Sunday or Saturday, and then uh, they got the two more home games March second against New Mexico, and then the following Tuesday, the nine o'clock Senior Night game, Max the Max Rice finale. Think about that. Okay. Think of how Max Rice is. Max Rice who feeds off the crowd. Yeah. Max Rice who feeds off energy. Max Rice. You know, let's let's just put it like he's got a little Johnny Ball game in him. He likes attention. Yeah. He likes drama and attention. He likes to call attention to himself. Think about when he first saw that schedule and saw that his senior day game, his senior night game, his last ever game is on a Tuesday night that starts at nine o'clock. Uh, um, yeah, Max's senior night. That's a bummer. Against so we need Nevada. To, we need to spread the word. We need to get that sucker out. We need to get everybody in there. Nine o'clock on a Tuesday night is that's not late, is man. not good. But uh, eight thirty tonight. Maybe that's a little bit of a warm up for you Tuesday night folks. Go tonight. And then in a couple of weeks, Tuesday night uh, on, on uh, senior night for Max Rice at nine o'clock. And uh, that's that's kind of crazy. We need to spread the word. We need to get Max. Pe- we need to get twelve thousand people in there for Max Rice. Guys, text us. Going, not going. Thoughts. Is that just too late, or do you say screw it one time to celebrate Max Rice, the other seniors? It's Nevada. I mean, that's a juicy opponent. The only time, obviously, they're coming to this to this arena to play Boise State this year. It's on senior night, the last game. Of the schedule. And Prater, you mentioned or you said at Wyoming on Saturday. That is true. Right after that, the next Tuesday at Air Force. So these next three games, Prater, San Jose State at home tonight. And then those two road games I just mentioned, it looks like I'm not going to say easy peasy. Maybe you will. But it looks like there's a pretty darn good chance that you know they're going to keep playing three more games and not have another loss in the loss column. And if you follow this league, and I know you do, that's beneficial right now. Boise State putting themselves in a nice little position here that starts tonight, huh? Yeah, no, Boise State has been in a position all year long, and I would never call a road trip to Laramie for anything easy-peasy. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, Wyoming's not the best team, but uh, that's that's never easy. And and you know that Boise State's always good for a hiccup every now and then. Hopefully they're past that. Hopefully they've had their hiccups, and, and hopefully they can finish strong. But uh, at this point, uh, so far, so good, and... We'll see what happens. I suspect they're going to win by 20 tonight. Bob's going to break it down at 530, 5.30 at, uh, at 3.45 in Bronco Focus, and we'll get after it there. So yeah. uh, looking uh, looking forward to see what they can do over these next three games. I suspect that they should win these next three games. Bob's joining us from shoot-around, Prater. Nice. We got him, yeah. He's going to be working. He's getting ready for his call tonight, but he's going to you know go peek into a room or somewhere and join us right there from shoot-around. That's going to be awesome, Prater. In less than an hour, we're going to talk with one of the best in the business, CBS Sports Bracketologist Jerry Palm. We're focusing, Prater, not just Boise State, but the Mountain West. He had his new 
bracket projections out today, and I believe it was six teams from the Mountain West. Jerry Palm has getting into the tournament. If it started today, what are you looking forward to talking with old Jerry Palm about in less than an hour? Yeah, certainly the six teams in the Mountain West. I don't think that that's going to happen, although he's smarter about this than I am. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. He's got three teams in the top five, I mean, with top five seeds. San Diego State with a four, and Utah State and Colorado State with five seeds. I think he's being very kind and very generous to the Mountain West. Mountain West is having a fantastic basketball season, and let's see if it can pan out. I'm guessing at the end of the day, it's not going to be quite as sexy as Jerry Palm has it today, but maybe if they could all finish strong and win the right games, maybe that'd be off. If they could just get five into the tournament, I think that that ties a conference record, and uh, that would be spectacular. Even four, the the, the four that they've gotten the last couple years. For the two straight years, they've had four. That's always respectable for the Mountain West. As long as they can get into that tournament and have a couple of these teams win a couple of games, that's a pretty good start for the Mountain West. Can't wait, man. Can you believe it, Prater? February 20th, like in less than a month, we'll be getting ready for NCAA tournament games. This is it, Prater. This is when you... And, and, and Do I really like attention that much? Yes. I mean, are yes. you serious with that, or is that just kind of a little jab, man? Uh, both. Yeah, you both. Know, I mean, You like attention. <laughs> Come on, man. You love attention. You walk into a room and scream, Johnny Ballgame is here. <sighs> yeah, okay, sure. But I would like, 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 I always wanted to be a mascot, so I want that attention, but I don't want them to know it's me. I've always been better on the radio because no one's looking at me. I would get more. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not buying that. Two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred. How many teams get in to the NCAA tournament from the Mountain West this year? We'll know what number you're talking about. Just text us that number, what you got, and we'll have Jerry Palm. Yes, Jerry Palm in less than an hour. Prater, we got 15 important players on this Boise State football team between now and in the kickoff of spring practice, at least until it's delayed, if it is. Yeah, I was, but, thinking, I was thinking about that. Right? Our, our series goes all the way up to March 5th, and then Spencer Danielson told us last week he may bump this series. What, what if we have to delay for a week with this series? <laughs> what would we do? Any suggestions you can let us know on how we would kill the time? On I think that. we'd have to go overtime and go back to like you know player number 99, 98, 97. There you go. I like that. I like that. I 99, 98, 97. Yeah, I don't like get it. What do you mean? Overall on the team? Yeah. Player number 99. Oh, I, I had enough. I'm down for whatever. <laughs> um, today, it right Prater, over his head, Prater. Yeah, I did. It totally flew over my head, Prater. I'm so focused on this show and this segment, JP. Number 11, Shayola Depot today of our 15 most important players. By the way, you can go back on our sites and stuff and catch any of the segments of players that you might have missed in our countdown, but... We get to the secondary, Prater, the defensive backs. There's a lot of them. There's some big names on this team. There's massive amounts of experience in that room. And I have a feeling this won't be the only conversation between now and whenever spring football kicks off that we're talking about DBs, bro. Yeah, our five, our 15 most important players started last week with Caden Dudley at number 15, our return specialist, Ty Benefield, safety, 14, our number 13, Breezy Dubar, the backup running back, playing the role of George Helani behind Ashton Genty going into the 2024 season. And then on Friday, we did Maddox Madsen. So, to, yeah, yeah, today, Shea Oladipo mm. uh, back into the safety room. I love Shea Oladipo. I think we all love Shea Oladipo around here. Okay. I need more from him. I need lots more. As a matter of fact, I went back today and did a bunch of research on Shea Oladipo. He keeps teasing us. I like him as a player. Uh, yeah. I, I need more. Because he teases me enough to make big, big plays. There are certain things about Shale Ladipo. This will be his fourth year as a contributor to this football team. And he plays a position that's very highly active. And he's 
you know, what is he? Six, he's 5'11, 200 pounds. He's a big boy who can make some plays. He's got one forced fumble his entire career. He's played like 40 games. One forced okay. fumble yeah. from, from the nickel. I need more right. things like that. Yeah. I need more interceptions. He's never had more than one interception. Actually, that's not true. He had two interceptions as a freshman, and he's had one each of his last two years. I need more interceptions out of him. I think he's a great playmaker in a great position that's designed to go off and make big, booming plays, kind of like a J.L. Skinner type with big hits and big plays and interceptions and forced fumbles. Yeah. And I'm not seeing anywhere near enough of it. And I think it's there. I think it's there, and Bob tells us that he loves Shale the Depot as a person. Bob gets to know these guys at a second level because they talk behind the scenes. They talk commercials. They sit on buses. They sit on planes. They eat at tables every now and then, and, yeah. and he gets to know them, and they love Shale the Depot, and we all love the way Shale the Depot plays. Ball game, I need more. Lots where, more. Where is Shale Depot the best fit for this team, this defense? Is it nickel? Is it another position? Talk about the log jam at that position. Text those thoughts to the Cloverdale Plumbing text line. Hey, Friday, you're going to get your sweet deal from R&R Barbecue. That's Boise and Meridian award-winning sliced brisket, ribs, pulled pork, everything. And... Yep, they cater. 35 bucks gets you 50 to spend at R&R Barbecue. That's the Sweet Deals link Friday morning, 9 a.m. at KTIK.com. JP, we got our Diamond Girls weekend winners and weekend losers. Who you guys got on Prater in the Ball Game? If you're on the go, listen to us on our app. Download the new and improved KTIK app to stream Idaho Sports Talk, college football, the NFL, and more. It's available for your Apple or Android device from your app store. The KTIK app. It's always streaming and always with you. You can't have a winner without a loser. Who won the weekend? And who was the biggest loser? Raider in the ball game on Sports Radio, the ticket. Yep, it's Tuesday, but it feels enough like Monday. None of us worked yesterday. What do you guys do for a living? Did you have to work yesterday? Let us know. This is Weekend Winners, Weekend Losers, crafted by the Diamond Girls. So when you're going to do anything that has to do with jewelry, you're going to visit thediamondgirls.com. Michael Forrest Prater, why don't you do everybody the honor in kicking this off today? Who won your weekend? Well, I'm going to go on a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a different pace here, and I teased this with JP this morning. We give JP crap all the time about the car that he drives. He drives one of the worst cars in all of the city of Boise, but he loves it. And so you got to you got to you got to give him a shout out for the loyalty. JP, as you guys know, drives the 2003 18-year-old Toyota Camry with 209,000 miles on it, and JP. Your Camry that we make fun of all the time was the weekend winner. What? Because there I am over uh, the weekend, actually yesterday, as I'm you know drinking beers with my buddy and, and playing some golf and watching some hockey and then dipping over to the Daytona 500 because the Daytona 5, the start of the Daytona 500 is a can't-miss item for me, one of my all-time favorite things. The first 50 laps of the Indy 500, it's all good for me. And there I am watching the Daytona 500 yesterday, and here comes Miss America driving the pace car a Toyota Camry. Whoa. A Toyota Camry. If a Toyota Camry is good enough for the Daytona 500 pace car, 
then it's certainly good enough for JP. That thing looked good yesterday. It was white and it was trimmed in fuchsia. Yes, Miss America was driving it. So it's got a little bit of a different look than when JP's driving his, what is that thing, olive green, grayish? Uh, no, kind of gray. a, uh, I call it uh, gray. Yeah, it's kind of a gray. I probably started off as green and then in over 18 years and 209,000 miles, it turned a little gray. It's kind of a, it's, it doesn't yeah. look fancy. There's no sex appeal to it. None. But it's there. Yes. And it's the Toyota Camry. Now, JP, I have no idea what brand or model your Toyota Camry is. This is the XSE. It's the brand new 2024. It's a hybrid model. And I'm going to go ahead and assign a value of, of your car. I'm going to guess if you had to resell your car, you could probably get, let's say, uh, uh, let's say maybe Three thousand bucks. I could get it. more than that. Uh, you think you could? Yeah. I could get five thousand dollars for that. You okay. think you can get five thousand dollars for it? I promise you, you'd beg to get three thousand yeah. dollars. The new Toyota Camry is about forty-five thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm wow. guessing JP is not going to buy the brand new mm. 2024. I wish he would. It will be available in showrooms this summer. JP, you can go off and get wow. yourself a new Toyota Camry. But the bottom line is. When the guys at Daytona 500 are screaming, Toyota Camry, Toyota Camry, Toyota Camry. (laughs) JP, street cred, for you and your Toyota Camry this weekend, you are the weekend winner. I love it. I'll be buying the 2024 Camry in 2040. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm looking, I mean, there is, I'm looking at JP's car right now, and somebody is selling it for $7,000 right now, but... It only has 110,000 yeah, exactly. miles on it. I guarantee you, with a car that's 210,000 miles on it, JP, you'll be Five lucky to get 3,000 miles yeah, or 3,000 bucks out of it. JP, but, that's but it doesn't matter miles. because you're never going to sell I'm not, it. I'm, I'm going to sell I'm, I'm, it's, it's going to go to the, its grave before yeah. I. You wouldn't it. sell it because you're not going to get what you think your market value would be. Well, Probably that's not that. true either because uh, he's just going to sell it till it runs into the ground anyway. You so. think if someone showed up and they're like, here's. Six grand for your car cash. Would JP sell it on the spot? Uh, I probably would. It'd be okay. ridiculous not to. It's, <laughs> it's double than what it's worth. It's worth yeah. three grand. I promise you it's worth about three I grand. I think it probably is too. If anybody knows anything more about cars than us, text us your thoughts on that. I love it. Good stuff, Raider. JP, who won your weekend, bud? Uh, my winner from the weekend, I'm going with a former NFL star who hit a big bet, one that would make you envious, Johnny Ball game. Former Cowboys wide receiver Des Bryant, he put down $767 on a 13-leg college basketball parlay on Saturday. And I couldn't see the entire ticket, but it did include a couple of Mountain West games, the Wyoming-San Jose State game, and it finished with the Nevada at UNLV game late Saturday night. Uh, He took the money line on Nevada. And if you were watching that game, it came down to the wire. UNLV had an 11-point lead with nine minutes left. They had a nine-point lead with five and a half minutes left. And then when it got down to crunch time with about 90 seconds or so, UNLV would take the lead one more time. But Nevada, they won it. UNLV missed a three-pointer at the buzzer. And when that game hit, Des Bryant cashed in for $417,000. He posted a video of the uh, cashier counting out his winnings, which included just one of those big, big, massive wads of Hundred dollar bills. So even though I'm not much of a gambler, I do love a, a good parlay hitting story. And Des Bryant, you got one. You won my weekend. One thing I don't do on that Prater is when I do win a big bet, I, I, I don't like to throw it in 
other people's face, kind of like Des does. I don't like it when my friends text me like, hey, I just won an $800 parlay. I'm kind of like, eh, well, thanks for the tip for one. Number two, how come you never tell me about all the times you lose, right? It's one of those things. But Des Bryant, you see that, man, all that cash? Des Bryant in the... I mean, come on, man. Des? No, I didn't see it. It was a cowboy. I could have cared less. I'm going to call BS on, on... How many times has he walked into this building and said he won a bet over the weekend, JP? All the time. Him? Yes. All the time. All the time. So you yeah, do right. brag when you uh, win, and okay. you never tell us when you lose. You're as guilty you as just, that as anybody. And you justify when you lose. But only because we bring up the losses, and then yes. you justify them. Yes. Exactly. Diamond Girls, weekend winners, weekend losers. My winner... <laughs> The National Basketball Association, NBA. Yeah, I, 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 you stink, but you did it. The All Star Saturday Night, the dunk contest. What's left of it? Three point contests. The most viewers in four years tuned in for All Star Saturday Night. Well, what about the game on Sunday? They couldn't care less. They don't even try anymore. It's an All Star event in this country, which means it probably shouldn't even go on anymore anyway. With us as a sports culture, whatever the All Star games did for sports culture forever, it no, they no longer seem to do. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. How about 5.5 million viewers? Yeah, no one's watching it. This thing's horrible. No, actually, it might be horrible, but viewership was actually up 20% from last year when I was told, that's it, that's it. I'm not watching All-Star games anymore. No, you did. You still tuned in. Even if you're tuning in to go to social media and talk to your friends about how bad the All-Star game stinks. Yesterday, like I said, I told Prater I was bored. I had nothing to do on that Monday off. I sat there, and every time I wanted to do sports, all they were talking about is how lame the All-Star game was the night before. I didn't watch a second, not one second of the All-Star game. And then I see all these headlines. Wow, NBA, that was by far the most viewed program's of the weekend, and it wasn't even close. And you want to see another one that's kind of interesting? Eh. Yesterday's All-Star game for the NBA, I'm sorry, Sunday's All-Star game for the NBA, was the most watched NBA game all year. Any regular season game, any opening night, any Christmas day. So yeah, that's a win in my book. NBA, you won the weekend. Forrest, who lost yours? Yeah, we'll do this quick. We're running out of time here, but I'll go with Rick Pitino. You guys saw the comments over the weekend. Rick Pitino's just ripping on his players, calling his players uh, slow, unathletic, fat, uh, terrible, uh, small. Uh, we don't play great defense. We can't shoot. Outside of that, we're pretty good, he said, though. And then he went on to talk about we have crappy facilities. He didn't use the word crappy. Rick Pitino is just a dying breed. Rick Pitino has just lost all credibility. Bob Beeler, even Bob Beeler wants to beat up on Rick Pitino. Bob Beeler would come in here and, and rip on Rick Pitino because of personal experiences through this bad man. Bob, If Bob's ripping on Rick Pitino, then something yeah. really is bad. And when yeah. you open up your mouth and you're losing credibility and you're just old and tired and grumpy and, and crabby, even beyond Prater-esque, Rick Pitino, you look bad this weekend. You lost the weekend, no doubt about it. JP? My loser from the weekend, and I'm going to say this delicately, but the uh, area high school girls basketball teams, the District 3 teams, who had no representation in any of the state championship basketball games Saturday at the Fort Idaho Center. Uh, in the 5A semifinals Friday night, Boise High, uh, they were one of the favorites. They got beat by three, did not make it to the championship game. 4A, no area high schools even made the semifinals. 3A, Parma made the semis. They lost. Cole Valley in the 2A lost in the semis. 
And I read uh, a stat that for the first time in 29 years that no area high school teams made it to the state championship game in girls basketball. For what it's worth, uh, Boise High, they did finish third. Cole Valley finished third as well. But the state championship games, blank, over. Um, it's worth reminding you that uh, Bishop Kelly in football, they were the only local team to make it to a state championship game. They did win that one. But this weekend, not a good showing for the uh, girls' basketball teams from the area. Uh, boys' basketball state tournaments get going next week, so let's hope it turns out better there. But uh, I guess they lost my weekend. My weekend loser is just myself, the diehard football fan. The guy who, you know, Mr. Fusion, I need fuel. I need football. It was dark this weekend, man. And it was the first time of this darkness retreat. That is football offseason. Oh, wait, no. You got the combine. That's this weekend. I got the draft. I have still all-star games. I'll watch kickoff of the UFL opening day. I'll be in this weekend. Nothing. And it hits you. And it's hard. It's like a girlfriend who packs up and leaves you. She doesn't want to be around anymore. And you're looking. You, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. That was a tough weekend for all of us who depend on football. We don't have it anymore. Wasn't going to watch the All-Star game. Next week, I better get a life. Tyson Dagenhart, he'll talk about the next six games and how important they are for Boise State hoops. They got a game tonight. We'll also give you more information again, how to win Kenny Chesney tickets in two hours. We will give the Chesney tickets away. We're Prater on the ball game. You got yourself KTIK the ticket. The Cloverdale Plumbing Text Line. It's kind of like the comment section on a social media post. Use it by texting 208-424-9300. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. From the RowPaint.com studio, Bob Beeler's coming up with Bronco Focus live from Extra Mile Arena. Bob's got four things to watch for tonight's game. But first... Reminder to go to KTIK.com right now and uh, get signed up or actually text in to win some Kenny Chesney concert tickets. You go to the contest header and there's a drop down that says bonus keyword. That's where you'll find the secret keyword and you follow those directions. I had one guy call and he couldn't find it on his phone. On your phone, there's one of those scrolling menus. Just look for a bonus keyword there. You'll find How it. How bad so, do you want to go to Kenny Chesney, right, Prater? Yeah. Find it. Find it. You'll find it. It's easy. In the meantime, uh, this Ticket Sports Update, Boise State men's basketball back at Extra Mile Arena to take on San Jose State. The uh, Broncos half game out of first place in the standings at 8-4. Six games left before the Mountain West Tournament. Tyson Degenhart said the team has to focus on what's immediately ahead of them. Uh, we just got to take it one game at a time. Uh, I know everyone wants to look ahead to the three-game stretch with two home games with Nevada and New Mexico and then going to San Diego State on their senior night. and You know, it looks all, you know... People are going to think we're going to roll through, but we got to take care of business because San Jose can compete with anyone. They competed with us. I mean, those guards are, are no joke. And, you know, even looking to Wyoming, Wyoming's a hard place to play. You know, Utah State had some trouble there. Nevada's lost there. I mean, it's a hard place to play. And Air Force on that swing, too, elevation. You know, we got to take care of business each night. Tyson's been on a roll lately. Uh, last four games, 24 points per game, 66% from the field, and 88%. From the free throw line. So he's been uh, fired up. At 5 o'clock, we're going to debate whether that's enough to have launched him into contention for Mountain West Player of the Year conversation. There's three or four or five names you can throw out. There's some of them more legit than others in terms of uh, in terms of consideration. But uh, nobody 
is playing better than Tyson Degenhardt the last four games in the Mountain West. They may, there might be a couple of guys out there who's been doing it for all season, but Tyson, the last four games, on fire. Now, Prater, I wonder, like, if you took all the Mountain West coaches and you took all the players and put them in a pool and had a draft, I wonder where Tyson Degenhardt would get picked among all the Mountain West players. It feels like his value, and it feels like coaches understand it maybe more than some fans, and I'd be interested to see if anybody wants to text in and let us know if Tyson Dagenhart is in the Mountain West Player of the Year conversation. Good stuff. Other Mountain West games tonight, San Diego State is at Utah State. You can catch that one on CBS Sports Network starting at 7 o'clock, and also tonight uh, Wyoming plays at Nevada. NFL Combine, just over a week away in Indianapolis, Pro Football Focus. They came out with their pre-Combine big board of about 320 players. This is based on their three-year player grades. And uh, they had Coeur d'Alene grad uh, Jonah Ellis, defensive end out of Utah, at number 52. Moscow high grad. I'm sorry, Moscow high. Come on! Moscow high grad. (laughs) uh, Idaho wide receiver Hayden Hatton, who was not invited to the Combine, by the way. They have him listed as their number 281 player, so he's on their radar. And I did not see... Former Boise State running back George Halani on the uh, big board list of 320 players. I looked through every page, and uh, he was not to be found. But he goes to the combine. That'll uh, be uh, next Saturday, March 2nd, uh, right there in the afternoon, probably uh, a couple of hours before that New Mexico game uh, that night on March 2nd uh, at Extra Mile Arena. So if you're a Boise State fan, you definitely want to cross off that day, Saturday, March 2nd, as as a big day for you. You're going to see George Halani on television at the combine, and then that night, uh, New Mexico at Extra Mile Arena. A pretty nice little Saturday, Praters. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, Colorado State is in the market for a new AD. The uh, Colorado State president announced that Joe Parker will, quote, step back from his role, which means uh, you're, you're fired. But he is be- becoming a special advisor to the president's office, which means we don't want to buy you out, right, at this point? Exactly. Uh, Parker has been the athletic director there since 2015, despite... Uh, their current success in basketball, they've had three football coaches during his tenure, a record of 40-63. and 63. Yeah. They have not made a bowl game since the 2017 season what? at Colorado State. That's and if you, if you look back to wins in a bowl game, you've got to go back like 15, 16, 17 years. Or 45, you know, of, of just this. I mean, I can't stand that school. I, I thought he, I mean, he opened up a brand new stadium that was yeah. a disaster the day it opened up. <laughs> They've never succeeded at anything. They've had a little bit of success at basketball, but football yeah, is a, is a nightmare. I, I just think that, that that athletic department has a culture that will never be fixed. I don't think Jeremiah Dickey could fix Colorado State right now. You know, that would be interesting because that's the one thing, and you know that that school and its history a lot better than I do, Prater. But I'm starting to kind of buy into this, whatever it is, as to why Colorado State just can never figure it out. I think the best thing or the biggest point is they spend more money on football than any other Mountain West team, and they can't compete in football at this level year in, year out. So, yeah, basketball, they'll squeak into a tournament every now and again, but they don't do anything when they get there, just like most Mountain West teams, Prater. But uh, we'll talk with Jerry Palm, a CBS Sports Bracketologist. Yes, that Jerry Palm in 18 minutes. But first... We do have a game tonight, and Bob Beeler's going to be on the call. Got things to watch for tonight. If you're going to listen to Bob on the call at 8.30, he'll start at 8. Let's do that. We come back. It's Bronco Focus, Prater on the ball game. KTIK the ticket. 
Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. All right, basketball late night edition, 8.30. Bob's going to go on the air at 8 p.m. with Abe Jackson getting you ready for Boise State San Jose State tonight on KBOI. He joins us on our Double Tap Pub hotline. Bob, you're at Shoot Around right now. Thanks for taking some time to join us for Bronco Focus and talk about this game tonight. But first, Bob, these standings. Why don't we reset the Mountain West standings? Let us know what the big deal is around here with three weeks left. Well, there are six games, uh, excuse me, six teams that either have four or five losses. So, I mean, we're looking at a jumble at the top. San Diego State and Utah State, they sit at 9-4. and four. Those two teams are going to play tonight down in Logan. Boise State is 8-4. and four. They've had their second bye. And then you've got Colorado State and New Mexico at 8-5. and five, And those two teams are going to play on Wednesday night. So you know San Diego State or Utah State, one of them is going to have to have five losses. And you know between Colorado State and New Mexico, one of them is going to pick up a sixth game. Counting those two games this week, there are ten games that match contenders against contenders left in the season. For Boise State, their next three are against teams from the bottom half of the league, but their last three will be against contenders. So uh, there's a whole lot of big games left to be played, and uh, as we look at it tonight, Boise State's not a big game tonight, but one they really have to have. Absolutely, Bob. Let's get to those keys. What has to happen tonight? All right, we'll start with my first one, and I almost feel like I could replay what I said on Friday. You're playing a team from the bottom part of the conference. San Jose State is 2-11. Both of their wins have been against Air Force. This may be, if we were looking in the dictionary in the term take care of business, this game is probably listed right there with a picture. Boise State is 39-4 and all-time against San Jose State. They are undefeated. They are 21-0 and in games played at Extra Mile Arena. So I think you got to take care of business. I dust off the same game plan I had against Fresno State, and that's go inside. Boise State got a huge halftime lead of 15, their largest lead in a Mountain West game. I know they were down seven at the half against San Jose State. One guy went uh, crazy in the game, MJ Amy, with 25 points in the first half out of his 30. He made nine of his first 11 shots. But Stanley had 30 and 11. Degenhardt had 21 and 6. Guys, I think you look at Boise State taking care of business and attacking inside early. Bob, I was going to ask you, what do you mean by taking care of business? You just said attacking inside early and taking advantage of San Jose State. Maybe even over this you know, three-game stretch where they're supposed to win these next three games. San Jose State, even if it's a Wyoming and Air Force road trip, where would you like to see this team get better over these next three games? I think it's better on the outside shot. I think they need to be more consistent on the outside shot. Stanley and Degenhardt have been very consistent inside at scoring. But, but three-point shooting you know, is, is where it can kind of go up and down a little bit. Outside shooting is, is much more of a variable. So that's where I want to see you know, Boise State improve. But if you're asking me tonight, I think the recipe is go inside, get points there, get fouled, make your free throws like you did on Saturday. And uh, I think that's the recipe to the win. Bob, we're talking number My two. Number two. Two. Number two. San Jose State, like Fresno State on Saturday, has some questions with their lineup coming into the game. Their starting point guard, who's good, Alvaro Cardenas, averages 13 points, 5.6 assists, did not play in their last game against Wyoming. They listed him as, as ill for the game. He's questionable tonight. Whether he plays or not is, I think, a big factor. 
He's a guy that you have to really worry about on the perimeter. He can shoot, and more importantly, he can pass and set up some of these other guys that shoot the ball. They made 11, uh, Fresno made 11 threes against Boise State. San Jose State, one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. They don't do a lot inside, but they do do well from outside. Amy had the big game. Cardenas is their other guy. Gorner is the small forward. All of those guys shoot from outside, don't do much inside. Uh, I think, you know, whether Cardenas plays or not tonight, Fresno missed some people inside. I think if San Jose misses their point guard, they're in trouble tonight. Yeah, Bob, I was going to mention that as well. And last time they played, you know, San Jose State, I believe, was up eight with like nine minutes left. It was a crazy moment in the season that you look back on and think, wow, if they would have dropped that and went 0-1 in the league, who knows what could have happened. That was with Cardenas at point guard. How'd they look just the last game without him offensively? Well, it was a fairly tight game against Wyoming, but you know Wyoming's not all that great themselves. Yeah. You, you can't sustain it without, without your point guard. I mean, Boise State probably can because if you're ranking, you know, where your players are in the order, you know, uh, Anderson wouldn't rate in the top four on the team, at least right now. Uh, for San Jose State, Cardenas is probably number two if you're rating him behind Amy. So it would be a tough miss if, he, if he's not able to go. Number three. Number three. Three. Number three. I know this is something you guys are talking about a little later in the show. But Tyson Degenhardt is starting to make a case for Mountain West Player of the Year. In the last four games, he's averaging 24 points. He's averaging shooting 67% from the field. He had a big game. He, I think, matches up extremely well. He had 21 in the last meeting against the uh, Spartans. Ride the hot hand. Ride Tyson Degenhardt. Again, I think he can put up 24 to keep this average going as we head down the stretch. I would love to see Tyson just explode and go crazy. I, I think he's kind of sitting on the outside of a couple of players that I'm going to talk about. I'm not sure where Johnny's going to go at 5 o'clock, but he certainly put himself closer to contention, and if he finishes strong, I think that there's a half dozen kids in this conference right now that you could probably give it to depending on how they finish. So Tyson's certainly in the mix, but if he explodes over these next six, seven games, Bob, I would love to see that happen. And I do think that uh... – Winning will matter if you lead your team to an outright regular season oh, championship. Yep. And I'd say that for Stevens at Colorado State or, or uh, Ladie at San Diego State. If if you are the best player on the team that survives this and it's not a shared and it's a solo, I think that could be some bonus points. Number four. Number four. Four. Number four. This is Johnny talking about where, where can this team get better. Three-point shooting. Tonight, I know I said pounded inside, but I want to shoot a high percentage tonight. San Jose allows 42% in conference play from outside. Eight threes or more usually spells victory for Boise State. They've won 10, lost two, when they make at least eight threes. Mountain West games that they have won, they've shot the ball 11 percentage points better from three. In their wins this season in conference play, 38%. In their losses, 27%. How about some of these numbers? Max Rice, in his last six games, guys, is shooting 50% from three-point range. And Abo, who I thought was the guy that benefited most from the time off with Colorado State and Utah State, he was a one-for-seven shooting last time. He was three-for-seven. When you look at what he does in conference losses, he's five of 22 shooting the ball from uh, – 
outside the arc in Mountain West losses for 23%. He's above 40% in the wins. He and Rice are two guys that I think are huge when you're playing good teams. All right, Bob, it's a late night. You know, you'll stay up for it. We can't wait to listen to you on KBOI. Great stuff. Let's get let's get back to shoot around, and uh, good luck on the call tonight, Bob. Thanks, guys. It's a 670-only game tonight, 670 a.m. starting at 8. Good to know. 8 o'clock. There's Bob Beeler. Let's keep it on a bracketology tip, huh? One of the best in the business, Jerry Palm, CBS Sports bracketologist. He'll be with us when we come back. It's Prater on the ball game. KTIK the ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. Yep, it's that time of year. You're looking. Who's your college basketball team? Where does Jerry Palm have our team in the bracket? Bracketology 101, 201, 301. Today we're going to give you 401, okay? That's those senior courses that, Prater, me and you had a lot of experience yeah, with yeah, right. in our time. Let's go to our Double Tap Pub hotline. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports Bracketologist, joins us. Jerry, welcome back to Boise, Idaho. How you doing today, partner? I'm good. How are you? We're doing really well. We're talking Mountain West hoops, like a lot of other probably Mountain West schools. And, Jerry, your latest bracketology piece had six Mountain West teams making the field. That would be a record. Jerry, why? Why the six so far this year? Because they've been good. You know, it's been a a really good season for the top half of the league anyway. Um, There's, I think, a significant gap uh, between the top and the bottom. But, you know, it's... It's been a really good year. The, the, you know, the teams have played good schedules. They've done well against their schedules. They've got big non-conference wins, big conference wins. You know, so it's um, it's really just been a banner year and uh, one we're celebrating, really. Jerry, what sticks out to you most, maybe about the league? Is it the the, the veteran experience? Maybe the league has the coaches. Is there that one thing or a couple things that's really sticking out to you regarding the Mountain West this year, Jerry Palm? It might not even be the same thing for each team. You know, like, uh, I mean, San Diego State, obviously, the run to the Final Four last year, they didn't get everybody back from that team, but they got enough. And, you know, they're, it's a, um, yep. you've got veteran teams, you've got athletic teams. You know, they're just, you know, they're not all the same. Um, you know, and New Mexico, for example, is a team that's been very good on their home floor, finally got a big win at Nevada. Uh, so that's a that's a big boost for them, but um, yeah, it's I just think each team is its own personality, uh, and the, but they're the personalities that they've had, uh, but in with the possible exception of San Diego State, you know, better, more experienced players. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports Bracketology. You've heard him many, many years on this show, oftentimes talking about BCS football back in the days of Boise State football, and today we're talking about Bracketology six. Mountain West teams, according to Jerry Palm, are on target to get into the tournament. We'll see how it breaks out. You have San Diego State, Jerry, at four, and Utah State and Colorado State at five. And San Diego State and Utah State play. That's a big game. This late in the season, how much can one game separate? And I'm looking for a little separation from these top three. How can that happen? Obviously a big game tonight. Yeah, well, I don't think the it'll be hard for the loser of that game to separate uh, with the top three. But the... The loser of that game is also not hurt too badly because um, you know it's a you know the top two league teams in the league, and uh, you know they're uh, 
they're gonna they're going to uh, they're gonna sort out perhaps a little bit the top of the of the conference. Uh, but there's still, you know, three weeks to go. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, one game could impact this, but we may not know that for three weeks. Boise State is a nine. Nevada is a nine. New Mexico is a nine. So you got three teams right there. And when you put them in the nine spot, you also kind of put them on that bubble. And there's no guarantee a, a nine team sitting here today on February 20th is going to make it on Selection Sunday. So. To, to get into the tournament, when you're on the bubble, when you're a nine at this point in the season, you know how much do you have to do you have to win six of your last seven games, or how much of a margin for error is for these teams on the bubble? Really, the primary thing is to beat the teams you should beat. You know, this league is is pretty clearly divided in half. So when you're playing teams in the lower half of the league, home or away, those are the games you need to win. Losing those games puts you in more jeopardy than you were in before. If you lose to one of the teams in the upper half, it doesn't hurt you as much. Um, so, you know, take care of business against the teams in the bottom half of the league, and you probably are going to be just fine going forward. It, those are the losses, though, that could that could start to put you in a more precarious position. He's Jerry Palm. He's with us on our Double Tap Pub Hotline, Prayer in the Ball Game, Idaho Sports Talk. You know, Jerry, five is the most teams the Mountain West has had entered into this tournament or received bids from, and, and a lot of people think, you know, you one of them, possibly six, possibly five, four it had last year, which is a good number as well. Do you think because of football the Mountain West doesn't get the respect it deserves on a national level, Jerry Palm? You mean in terms of basketball? Yes, because because it's a G five football league. Um, well, I think I guess it depends. I think if you follow the sport, then the Mountain West Mountain West is getting respect because you know it's a good league, and, and the people who follow the sport know it. Um, I think that you know if you're you've got mostly functioning brains, you can separate football from basketball. And uh, the, even the, the power conferences, some are better at football than they are at basketball and the other way around. So, you know, I, I think that it should not, you know, whatever the Mount West does in football should not impact what pe- people think of them in basketball. And mm. obviously getting a team to the Final Four last year boosts the reputation of the league. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports Bracketologist. Let's talk about the Pac-12 and uh, the Mountain West. I don't know. I guess my simple question is, is the Mountain West having a better year than the, than the Pac-12? And on paper, and certainly based on your bracketology, even though you have Arizona number one, it slides all the way to Washington State at number seven. And I think you have less teams of Pac-12 teams in the tournament as of today than you would the Mountain West. Can you say, if we're a Mountain West homers out here in, in Boise, Idaho, they're having a better season than the Pac-12? Yeah, it's it's been a really bad year for the Pac-12, um, just surprisingly bad. Other than Arizona, every other program that you thought might do well this year has underachieved or had injuries or something go sideways for them. Uh, but you know, Washington State, though, not bad at all. Washington State's a, a pleasant surprise, and uh, you know they've got a good team. They're well coached. Uh, have a chance, I think, to win a game or two in the tournament if they get the right draw. Uh, but I don't know if anybody else is going to make it. Uh, Utah came back to the pack after getting off to a good start. Colorado's been hit and miss. Uh, you know, I don't know where else the, the bids are coming from for this league this year, but they could conceivably end up with only two, um, and that would really be disappointing. And even if they get more than two, you might be looking at, at one or two teams in Dayton. 
Go check out his story, guys. It's got the story, it's got the information, and it's broken down beautifully where it's really cool to see CBSSports.com. Go to the college basketball page, and Jerry lays it out where even dummies like me can figure it out. Your last four in is Utah and Colorado. Your first four out are Oregon, and also on that list is Gonzaga. Right now, even though they're 20-6, and six, you don't have Gonzaga in the tournament. There's time to get that fixed if Gonzaga is going to make that last-minute push, but uh, Gonzaga struggling to get into the tournament. Do you like them to get into the tournament this year, or where do you see them? Uh, you know, Ultimately, the big picture. Well, I think they have to beat St. Mary's one way or another. They, they couldn't beat them at home. They're going to get them on the road. Uh, they obviously can't lose to anyone else, and you know if they could, uh, you know if they want to be an at-large team, they have to win the game at St. Mary's at the end of the regular season. Otherwise, they probably have to beat them in the conference tournament to win the conference tournament and get the automatic qualifier. Wow! If Kentucky is their only good win this season on Selection Sunday, I don't believe they're going to make it. Which would be the second longest streak in the country coming to an end. Only Michigan State can say they've been to more consecutive NCAA tournaments than the Gonzaga Bulldogs. It's crazy how... They're no sure thing either. (laughs) Yeah, Michigan State could be a bubble team at some point, too, with Jerry Palm here talking. And Jerry, you know, you've covered the Mountain West, obviously. You've been following Boise State and Leon Rice. I mean, if him and his staff are able to do this and get to three consecutive NCAA tournaments as a mid-major and you know, uh, as a as a at-large seed most of the time. Jerry, what do you think that says about the job Leon is doing in, in Boise State basketball? Jerry, you know this is a football town. What's going on over here? <laughs> well, good, though. I mean, it's, it's great. I think the basketball program just helps shine more light on the athletic department. You know, the, the football, you know, is what, what everybody talks about. Then when basketball gets good, uh, you know, that's just more attention uh, and you know, the more good programs you have in your athletic department, the better it is for everybody. So, you know, it's, it's a good year for Boise. That um, they're the team that is in the most of the six, the most uh, problematic um, in terms of making the tournament. Still, still have work to do. Uh, but I think it's you know, uh, Coach Rice has done a great job there. Uh, anybody involved in college basketball knows that he's a, he's a pretty good coach and has done a really good job at Boise State. So. Um, you know, I think the program gets a fair amount of respect among people in the game who, who follow the sport. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Jerry, Last, I'm going to leave you with one thing. and I don't remember the John Wooden UCLA dynasty before my time, Jerry. In my lifetime, I remember Duke very well, and I remember the Florida team uh, very well. Those yeah, are the only the last repeat champions. Those are the only two teams, Jerry Palm, that I've seen repeat in college foot basketball and win that tournament back to back. UConn this year, Jerry, are they back to back good? Yes, they are. Um, it doesn't guarantee anything. They'll probably be the favorite going in, uh, but uh, and that's even if they're not the overall number one. They could, which they would be today, but. Even if they're not the overall number one, my guess is that UConn will be considered the favorite uh, going into the tournament because they're really good again. They've they've got great guards. They've got a good post and Klingon. Uh, you know, it's just it's a loaded team again. They're well coached, and there's something to be said for the experience of having done it. You don't get flustered. You know, when you start to get into these things, you don't get nervous about it because you just did it. You know how to do it. So I I think there's a lot to be said for that. 
You got Purdue in there, Jerry. I know you'll love that. You're a Purdue graduate. You're proud. You wear your emotions and you wear your hearts on your sleeve. And uh, they're also very, very good. Probably the maybe potentially the player of the year, 23-3. and three. Okay. You no, love this basketball question. team, don't you? Oh, yes. Um, it's, <laughs> they're a lot of fun to watch. I mean, Sunday wasn't great. Um, the, the one thing that really holds them back is when they turn the ball over. I think I saw that in their three losses this year, they average minus nine turnover margin, which is insane. Um, but you know, that's, that's how you beat them because it's, if you don't turn them over and they get into their offense, their offense is, is very, very efficient and it runs through the player of the year, Zach Eady. Um, but the guards are better this year, older, stronger. They added Lance Jones from Southern Illinois, um, and he's been just a perfect fit for what Purdue needed. He's fast, he can defend, he can shoot, and he can be the ball handler when Braden Smith's off the floor. So, yeah, Purdue is Purdue is dangerous this year, uh, and, you know, as a Purdue fan, we hope that, you know, for once they're not a danger to themselves. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice for Purdue to cut down the nets. They've had so many good teams, so many close calls, and so many brilliant alums like Jerry Palm, yeah. who's with us the, right now. <laughs> someday I'm going to write about. I'm going to write a book about you know the, the history of Purdue basketball. Something stupid's going to happen. I love it, Jerry. We 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 always appreciate you joining us here in Boise, Idaho. We cannot wait for the next four, six, seven weeks as college basketball owns the sports map here in this country and uh, can't wait to bring you back on. Always appreciate you, Jerry Palm. Sure, anytime. Thanks. All our guests joining us on our Double Tap Pub hotline. Go to the Double Tap Pub, Prater. They got uh, happy hour all day, Thursdays, Thursday, nice. Thursdays. They got great deals. I know we like to check that place out before Steelhead games and just whenever. The Double Tap Pub. All right, Prater, we're going to give our listeners another opportunity to qualify for Kenny Chesney tickets. If you want Chesney tickets, we're giving them away in an hour and 15 minutes. Here's how you get them. You got to go to KTIK.com. When you're there, go to the Contests tab. Contests. Click or cover on that and then go to Bonus Keyword. Click on Bonus Keyword. You'll get the keyword. Text it to us. And that's all you have to do to register and qualify for Kenny Chesney tickets. Prater, you're not eligible for this. Dang one. it. And you've seen Kenny Chesney before. Dang I it. need to. Yeah. What's the quintessential Chesney song? Text us, 208-424-9300. Let's get to our 15 most important players on the Boise State football roster before spring ball counts. We have number 11 and we're getting to him next on Prater in the Ballgame. It's always football season on Idaho Sports Talk. Prater in the Ballgame are counting down the top 15 Boise State football players leading up to spring camp on March 5th on Sports Radio The Ticket. Legal disclaimer, with all due respect, not counting kickers and punters because we already know of their importance. Prater in the Ballgame, KTIK The Ticket. You guys making the trip to Extra Mile Arena tonight, 8.30 tip-off. Let us know what your plans are, Prater. I can't wait for that game, but it's always time for some football season. Football talk here on Prater in the Ballgame. Our list continues today, Prater. Almost in the top ten. We start our top ten tomorrow. That's kind of exciting. Today, yes. we finish off with number 11, defensive back, Shaola Depot. Is he a defensive back? Is he a safety? Is uh, he a nickel? Or does he play in the dime? I mean, I guess we could throw I all those. I call him th- a DB. Exactly. That covers a lot of different territory. 
Technically, he's a nickel. That's the specific position he plays. Nickel is a part of the of the safety family, and and, and the Boise State safety position uh, going into 2024 on paper is I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a wonderful part of this football team. There's a lot of depth, a lot of parts, and a lot of moving pieces here. You've got Oladipo, Robinson, Benefield, Tubner, Washington, maybe even a couple of other dudes uh, that are coming back, and uh, and they could fit some new names in there as well. But there's three or four different positions. They're all kind of different, and they all play off of each other. And, and Shea Oladipo is, is certainly one of the more intriguing players to me. Guy's a playmaker. He's shown that he can make some really dynamic and exciting plays. But as we said at the top of the hour for me, and that's what I want to kind of spend some of this time doing, and I want to hear from you, Ball Game, in terms of your thoughts. He's such a dynamic playmaker, but he's inconsistent. I don't see it enough. I need to see some bigger hitting, J.L. Skinner style, and I need to see some more consistent playmaking in terms of give me some more of those interceptions and long returns for touchdowns or forced fumbles or something along the way. But uh, Shale Oladipo, the position he plays is very important, and I think he's mastered that position. He's a starter. He made his first start, what, two years ago in that bowl game against North Texas and really has held on to it, and I expect him to be a steady force on this defense this year ball game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if feels to me too like yeah have I expected maybe more from Shayola Depot like to see him maybe talked about more player of the year player of the week stuff maybe just more plays that pop into my head oh yeah remember when Shayola Depot had that pick six which he did in a Black Friday game yep. a couple of years ago when Taylor Green that's his only uh, I believe his only career touchdown so far as a Boise State Bronco but yeah could it be better? What do you guys think, Shayola Depot? Like, should it have been better? Were you expecting a little more than you thought? Did he outperform, underperform last year? And what are those expectations this year getting ready for spring ball? And this is kind of weird about Shayola Depot. He'll be a true senior this year. Prater, there's like zero um, quirky, however you want to describe eligibility now when it comes to Shayola Depot. He arrived here, he played as a true freshman, 21, that team. That was Andy Avalos' first year on the job. And he's played in every game since. And um, this year, he'll go into his senior year. He's never redshirted. He doesn't have a COVID year. So if Shell Oladipo plays more than four games this year, five games, which we expect him to, this will be it. This is it for Shea Oladipo. He does not have a COVID year to think about. Those years are out for some people, and Shea Oladipo is one of them. So this is it. I mean, he's got to turn this thing on. I remember in 2021, Michael Forrest Prater, I said to you on this show, I think Shea Depot's going to be an NFL guy. And you were kind of like, well, come on, get off it. Typical ball game. Yes, because I was like at the time, gosh, if you're getting run and you're getting snaps as a true freshman, Shayla Depot's career high in interceptions, too, came his true freshman year when he wasn't even a full-time player and a starter. And I thought, you know what? If he's doing that as a true freshman, by the time he's a junior or senior, yeah, he will be one of those NFL kids. And I don't have him on my future NFL list right now of players on this team. That's why spring ball Prater is essential, yes, for Shayla Depot. Look, Stay versatile. That's when it comes to me for Shea, his versatility, Prater. He had, what, an interception last year? He had eight and a half TFLs. That was third on the team. Tackles for loss. So he's making plays behind the line of scrimmage, one and a half sack, one forced fumble. But I need the versatility 
I just needed a little bit better. I wrote down for Shea Oladipo, use this spring, get ready, improve everywhere, and stay versatile. Shea Oladipo for me. I think that's well said. That's exactly what uh, that needs to happen. And, and you know, yeah. I, I think the Shea Oladipo's biggest issue was, and going back, he had he had two interceptions the very first time he ever stepped on the football field. And, and that's career-opening game in 21 against UTEP. He had two interceptions. Utah State. I thought it was UTEP. Dang it. Okay, maybe it was I thought UTEP. It, I thought it was UTEP. Okay. I thought it was UTEP. You're right. Um, and, and he had two interceptions. First time he ever stepped on the football field. That sets up lofty expectations. That's like taking your girl on her first date and hitting a home run out of the park. That's why you don't have a home run date the first time you date a girl. you got to give her a single date, and then you work up to a double, and then you work up to a triple, and then you work up to a home run. Because if you if you show up on that first date and just hit a home run, the expectations are brutal, man. Living up to those expectations are brutal for a dude. Shayola Depot shows up at Boise State the first time he ever steps on a football field. He gets two interceptions. I think one of them were like... 50, 60, 70 yards, if I remember right. He's played 40 games since, and he's had two interceptions in those 40 games since. So Shale Odipo, to me, is just, again, going back to the playmaking, the interceptions. And when he gets an interception, guys, he's good for 30, 40, 50, 60 yards in terms of a return. He's shown that. There's not enough of a sample size to show that it's true. And then the forced fumbles and the big hits, and we all think about you know the J.L. Skinner types and the big hits that he had. That's not happening with Shale Depot. Dude's 5'11", 200 pounds. He should be out there laying some lumber. So I, I think he's a really good football player, at the, and he's steady. He's consistent. He's dependable. And I think he's got f- brightness in front of him. If he could do everything you said, ball game, maybe he can get himself into an NFL picture. But right now, I think he's just a good football player when and potentially I think this dude has a chance to become elite, and we haven't seen it yet. Yep, and that's why spring practice is going to be pivotal for a guy like Shea Oladipo. Get out there and not only solidify yourself. Shea, you're a senior this year. I mean, do you want to be one of these captains? I would imagine you do. I mean, there's a lot of other things that now take shape when you become a senior. And it's kind of weird because you got fourth-year seniors, fifth-year seniors, six-year yeah. seniors now. You have all these seniors. Shea Oladipo will be a fourth-year senior next year. And, you know, how far does does he want to take this? And from all from all that other stuff, Prater, that I'm talking about, that help football teams, that keep football teams good, keep football teams close together, you know, they're going to need Shea Oladipo to do that, obviously, off the field. But yes, on the field, too, with the versatility, like I said. And I look at this, we're looking at this position where it's almost like the the magical chairs. We know there's four really good football players fighting for three spots. We think, right? And one of those four football players we've already profiled in this series, and that was um, Ty Benefield. Today, we're on Shea Depot. Now, there's two other safeties. Who knows when or if we'll get to Alexander Tubner or Rodney Robinson. But, I mean, where is Shea Depot? in his job security. There's already people out there floating the way that, hey, Tubner should be playing nickel because he plays the run so much better. Who cares if he's worse in the pass? Nickel, we want him playing closer. What's Shea Oladipo going to be able to do to say, whoa, 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 I know. Everybody wants to play Ty Benefield a lot more snaps this year, not at my expense. And I'll tell you this, who would have a better chance of playing NFL? Who would be the best nickel, Shea Depot or Ty Benefield? You guys text us what you want. They don't know where they're going to play Ty, Prater. It might, they might like him best at nickel. And if that's the case, then he's going to have to beat Shea Depot out. Will he be able to or not? That's what we'll have to find out. But spring, essential 
for our, for our boy Oladipo. Yeah, and especially considering uh, Tyler Stockton is your new football coach over on the defensive side. The co-defensive coordinator came over here from Ball State. He's also your safeties coach. He's the position coach that will be in charge of, of these three or four players. They're going to get a majority of the reps in, at these three very critical positions. So, uh, uh, you know, Tyler Stockton came over here. Just I read his resume before right before we came on this show. And one of the things that uh, that he excelled in, one of the things they talked about in his in his press release when he was hired is uh, red zone and, and the ability to force turnovers in the red zone. And last year, uh, Ball State was 13th in the nation in red zone forced fumbles. Again, I really like that stat because that applies to back to Shale Depot. Maybe it's the mentality. Maybe the Shale Depot has this gear somewhere deep in his body, and here comes a, foot, a new football coach in Tyler Stockton, and maybe he can get that out of him. So, in terms of scheme, in terms of personnel, in terms of where they're going to fit, I, I think this grand experiment in spring ball is going to be spectacular. We don't spend a lot of time watching safeties in spring ball. Ball game. I have a feeling we're going to be watching a lot of safeties in spring Crazy football. Crazy position in, in the wide receiver room. I want to get a detail on too. That is jam packed too. There's a lot of stuff to pay attention to with this football team. Your thoughts on Shayola Depot and Boise State football? Cloverdale Plumbing text line. Share them two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred. We'll get you more information if you haven't qualified for the Kenny Chesney tickets. We're giving away in one hour. Uh, we'll give you more information on that in a bit, so just keep listening for the Chesney information. JP will have it. And Leon Rice, you'll hear him when we come back. He's going to talk about the Mountain West race. How crazy is this conference? Prater on the ball game. going to discuss. Head to your nearest Zamzos for the best selection of seeds and supplies. Might be too early to plan outside, but you can get started indoors. Treasure Valley locations everywhere. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. From the studio coming up, we're going to play Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. Johnny says he's got some great questions for you. And I do. And uh, today, I do. give you a chance to win a large pizza from Idaho Pizza Company and nice. family four-pack of tickets to go out to uh, the Kids Fair on Saturday. You can see either Johnny, myself, Mike Prater, We'll be out there. We'll be out there with the Optimus football, so uh, that's coming up. But first, I want to remind you to uh, go to KTIK.com and get uh, text in to win Kenny Chesney concert tickets. Just look for the contest tab. There's a drop down there that says bonus keyword, all the directions and the keyword right there. So you have a better chance to, than Des Bryant of winning a 13-team parlay. Uh, yeah. I can tell you that right now. Nice. All these people who can't figure it out either, Prater, it frustrates me a little bit. <laughs> we, we took one phone call. There's people texting in as well. Well, then tell them to figure it out. I, I, I did. We I have did. That. Uh, Boise State men's basketball back at home tonight. Extra Mile Arena taking on San Jose State. Um, the Mountain West t- uh, race tightening up at the top. Coach Leon Rice talked about where their Broncos are, and uh, he's pretty happy with their place in it. You got to jumble at the top, which is uh, which is great. You know that that's what we needed, and you know the the way the schedule was, we had the. Going into this break, we were the number one schedule in the conference, meaning we had played all the top six teams. We hadn't played anybody so-called bottom teams, and now they're all playing each other, which which is great. Like I said to our guys, it's it's great and it's fun to be in a title race, and it's fun to be in the NCAA tournament talk, but the only thing that matters is what we take care of. And uh, right now, the way it sits, uh, Boise State wins tonight. They'll be in second place by themselves because San Diego State is at Utah State tonight. Uh, that game 
on CBS Sports Network. If you want to check that out, 7 o'clock. Wyoming plays at Nevada, and of course, uh, Boise State and uh, San Jose State on our sister station, KBY. Bob Beeler and Abe Jackson have the call at 8.30 tonight. There are seven teams within a game and a half of first place. That's crazy. That's awesome, man. I love it, Prater. That's crazy to me. That's uh, absolutely crazy. So. Yeah. I mean, this is league. I mean, it's it's truly going to go down to the final weekend, you know, where Boise State is going to be in the Viejas against San Diego State on that March, what, 8th? And then we're getting ready for the conference tournament, which is going to be Prater mayhem. This is setting up to be very, very March Madness-esque. I hope so. I, I do really do hope so, because the, the regular season doesn't mean anything to me. It's kind of cool to look at the standings and see seven teams within a game and a half, and we're approaching March. That That's kind of cool. I just hope that it doesn't. they don't end up eating themselves up and, yeah. and, and spitting each other out, and all of a sudden there's only three or four teams getting to the tournament, the NCAA tournament, and they all lose. I mean, come on. I, yeah. I just... I hope that they. This has been a wonderful season, but it doesn't mean anything if they can't finish strong. So somebody's going to have to stand up and, and take uh, over. Maybe the winner of tonight's game, Utah State San Diego State, is going to be a. That's a massive flex, and if they can go on and and go on a nice little run, or if Boise State can continue to get hot, somebody's got to go and go deep. And, and it'd be a shame if this Mountain West basketball season was wasted because the regular season has been fun. And uh, we had Jerry Palm on about a half hour ago, and normally Jerry comes on and he's like, oh, Boise State, they just need to win. Well, this, t- today he said in order to get into the tournament, they just need to beat the teams that they should beat. Really, the primary thing is to beat the teams you should beat. You know, this league is, is pretty clearly divided in half. So when you're playing teams in the lower half of the league, home or away, those are the games you need to win. Losing those games puts you in more jeopardy than you were in before. If you lose to one of the teams in the upper half, it doesn't hurt you as much. So, you know, take care of business against the teams in the bottom half of the league, and you probably are going to be just fine going forward. It, those are the losses, though, that could that could start to put you in a more precarious position. Which means don't lose to San Jose State tonight. Well, the next three, you have to win three the next three yeah, games. Yeah. So it, it, San Jose State doesn't matter tonight if you lose to Wyoming or, or Air Force. You have to win the next three games. There's no margin for her. Boise State has to go on a three-game winning streak here, win tonight, Saturday, and next Tuesday. And after that, uh, I think they can take a little bit of a deep breath. They are 21, as Bob said, 21-0 at home, lifetime against San Jose State. JP, that (laughs) is a crazy stat. And just think, San Jose State had basically a 10-point lead with 10 minutes left the first time they played. It was the conference opener all the way back in early January, and Boise State came back and won that game, and it was huge. Somebody called you out on Twitter for the jinx, Johnny. For yeah, tech, for tweeting I'm not that, that powerful, man. Uh, college football playoff, they unanimously approved the 5-plus-7 model for the 12-team playoff starting this fall. Five highest-ranked conference champions, and the next seven highest-ranked teams will make the playoff Top four teams will get a bye. You, you, I know you're going to do a little soapboxing on this, Johnny, but uh, n- not really any no surprises there, right, today? No. no it came out uh, as expected, and uh, I think it's a good setup. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Some of the TV money's being, you know, being still uh, passed around and trying to be finalized and some of those other kind of details. But the bracket and the way it works, and it's all the process and the logistics are all set. And, uh Remember, guys, one thing to keep in mind, this is only for two years. This is for this year and for next year. They have no decisions based on money, brackets, entrance, qualification, access, all that stuff. 
uh, starting with the 2026 season. So let's enjoy this, and hopefully Boise State or the group of five represents over the next two years and makes this argument moving forward very, very simple because the access is what's very important, and it's kind of cool that uh, a group of five team is, is included in that access for this year. It is cool. Is this going to be the second biggest thing in, uh, instantly after the Super Bowl? Does this pass March Madness, NBA playoffs, all that stuff, this 12-team CFP tournament? I think it's like we have this huge thing right in front of us, but I, I don't know what it smells like yet, Prater. I can't, I can't well, touch it. I guarantee you the first round is going to be terrible. What? I mean, it's it's 12 versus 5, and it's it's Alabama 47, Wyoming 13. I mean, the first the first round of games is going to be so horrible, ESPN is already shopping those around to other competitors. They're yeah. saying, I'm, I'm willing to sell you these first round games because they're going to suck, and maybe we can make some money because you guys want to be a part of the package. So that first round of games is going to suck. That's that's the byproduct and the collateral damage of this new contract. After that, once we get into the final eight, I, I think it'll be really fantastic. They're already shopping. They shopping those games. Yes, Interesting. yes, yes. Interesting. The ABC. I mean, just because ESPN has this contract does not necessarily mean those first round games. All of them. Uh, I mean, they'll have some, but they're going to definitely they're shopping them around because they're not going to be competitive, and it's inventory that they may not be able to want. Get ready for a playoff game on True TV. Baby. It's not that. That is not, <laughs> not going to be True know, TV. It'll be ESPN Family Network. Exactly. Think somewhere. I don't know. No, 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 no. Fox and CBS and NBC and yeah, Kay. the ones that have money, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and details of Bush Hamden's contract at Kentucky uh, reported over the weekend. As it turns out, Bush will uh, trip almost triple his Boise State salary. His first year, Hamden will receive one point two five million dollars. And then it increases by $100,000 more each year of his three-year deal. And his buyout in year number one, $1.25 million. They put the big buyout there because Bush hasn't stuck around very long at places. For comparison's sake, though, Kirby Moore at Missouri, he got a contract extension after this season. He'll make about $1.2 million. So Bush getting a, about a half uh Bush is making more than Kirby? A little bit, yes. I don't yeah. like that. Okay, good for Bush, though, and it makes it, I mean, all more the reason why maybe he did just leave because of the money, Prater, and he wasn't all that butt hurt. but are you buying that yet? Uh, money played a role, absolutely. I don't think it was the most important role. Uh, I mean, I think things that happened here at Boise State were the more important role, and uh, and um, the fact that he moves one step closer to getting a head coaching job. Those, those are the two most important things, and the money is absolutely nice. Finally, uh, despite a lot of players coming and going, the Idaho Steelheads, they're uh, one of the hottest teams in the EHL as of late. The Steelies coming off a weak uh, sweep of Rapid City. They won seven of their last 10 and 10 of their last 13 games. They are right now second place in the Western Conference. They've got another one of these three games and three-day series this weekend, uh, this time at the Tulsa Oilers on Friday. Saturday night and then Sunday afternoon. Steely's hockey show tonight after the show, JP. We do have a Steely's hockey show tonight. Yes, we'll indeed. get that at six o'clock. Until then, we have a large pizza from Idaho Pizza Company and a four pack of tickets to the kids' fair this weekend. Who wants all this stuff? It's the prize for rock jocks and pop culture. If you're interested, you'll call 208. 208- 424-9300. Call right now. JP, get us a caller to play Rock Jocks. Idaho Pizza Company and four tickets to the Kids Fair. You want those prizes? You'll call right now. It's Prater in the ball game. It's Idaho Sports Talk. It's KTIK, the ticket. 
think of this as the complete opposite of Jeopardy and you might be okay. It's rock, jocks, and pop culture. Now, here's Johnny on Sports Radio, The Ticket. All right, it's brought to you by Advanced Heating and Cooling. You want us to talk about your business the way we talk about Advanced Heating and Cooling? Get in touch with JP. Be a part of the team here at Idaho Sports Talk. We got Nathan in Meridian. He's up to up to the plate. He's going to take a swing at a couple of questions and hopefully win a pizza from Idaho Pizza Company Prater and four tickets to the Kids' Fair this weekend. Nice. Prater will be in attendance at that Kids' Fair. Nathan, what's going on, dude? Welcome to IST. Uh, nothing, just getting off work. Getting off That's work. Awesome. That's what you guys all do when you call this. It's almost like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, people do get off work a lot in that time period. Nathan, what do you do for a living? What line of work? I'm a FedEx delivery driver. Oh, love it. Prater, we love our delivery drivers. We have a few of those, and we like you all. Nathan, let's get you this pizza. All right, pal, I got three questions. Get two of them correct. It's yours. Ask Prater or JP as lifelines for help. Let's start with The Rock today. Nathan, how does the American rock band Slightly Stupid, how does Slightly Stupid spell the name Stupid on its albums, songs, merchandise, branding, what have you. How do they spell stupid? Uh, isn't it? Uh, I think it's S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Okay. Um, Trader, can you help me out with that? Ah, dude, I can help you out with that. My all-time, one of my all-time favorite bands, and you nailed it, so you didn't need me. But uh, yeah, it's S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Nathan? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, you didn't need the lifeline, Nate Dog, but you just didn't have the balls, Nate Dog, <laughs> to call it out. You needed the help of Forrest. Just kidding, man, but you want to be safe. I get it. This is a this is a large pizza at IPC. It's big time. Well done, Nathan. Thank you. Let's get to the jocks. Okay, Nate. At six feet at six feet tall, 165 pounds. This NBA player was the shortest and the lightest to ever win a league MVP trophy. Name him. Smallest league MVP winner in NBA history is. Ooh. Trying to think. I got nothing on top of my head. Uh, uh, can I get help with JP? Um, I'll try. Um, I would have thought that he'd probably weighed a little bit more, and I'm not exactly sure of his height, but I'm, I would say Allen Iverson. All right, Allen Iverson, that's a better answer I got. Let's go with that. Got it. AI. Yes, I was shocked at that, too. He weighed a, he was listed at a buck 65, Prater. That's smaller than me right now. Tiny and dude. Not, Very tiny dude. And I'm not even six feet. I think he was pushing six feet, though, wasn't he? He was six feet. Six feet? Six he feet, He was listed in the NBA, six feet, 165, when he won league MVP. Nice. Smallest player to ever do it. I'll tell you, AI and Isaiah, to me, Prater, were the best kind of six foot and under players I've ever seen in that league. Two for two. 
You're getting the pizza. You're getting the kids' fair four pack, Nate. Now it's just up to pop culture. You ready for this? Let's go. All right, Nate. What president died 31 days following his inauguration, making his presidency the shortest in U.S. history? I am not good with this, but I'm just going to go with Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Bad breaks and crooked riffs. Thomas Jefferson needed more than 31 days to get the core discovery going and purchase the country, essentially, a good portion of it from Napoleon and the French. That would have been a nice 31 days. It is. (laughs) William Henry Harrison. Harrison. 31 days in office, Prater. Best 31 days of his life. (laughs) Hey, Nate. Nice job, man. Uh, Enjoy these prizes. You've won them. That's Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. It's always brought to you by Advanced Heating and Cooling, a leader in this valley in everything HVAC. I'm talking heat. I'm talking cold. I'm talking everything in between. I'm talking Advanced Heating and Cooling. Visit their website. Schedule an appointment. Support the team. Support the rosters. Support the businesses that are on the KTIK roster and team. Okay, Prater. What's next? Ooh, yes. More Kenny Chesney ticket opportunities. Nice. And Tyson Dagenhart. You got a game tonight, Boise, Bronco Nation. Is Tyson Dagenhart in the player of the year conversation in the Mountain West? Prater's got some interesting thoughts on this, don't you? Absolutely. And maybe tonight, game number five in a row for Tyson Degenhart, 20-plus points. Dude's on fire. I don't know if he's going to win the award. Probably not. But he might be the hottest player in the league right now, and that has to be worth something at the end of the season ballgame. What are his chances? 208-424-9300. We'll take calls. We'll take texts on this. Getting you ready for tonight on the hardwood. Tyson Degenhart, can he win the Mountain West? Player of the year, be the first Bronco to do it since Derek Mark. So uh, we'll get to that all coming up. And yes, I'm going to keep teasing you with Kenny Chesney tickets. We're giving away the tickets in 35 minutes. We'll give you another opportunity to qualify at five o'clock. Don't go anywhere. We're praying on the ball game. This is Idaho Sports Talk on KTIK. The ticket. Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, the ticket. All right, where is Tyson Dagenhart in regards to Mountain West Basketball Conference Player of the Year? Where is he in the discussion? Is he in the discussion? Where in the discussion is he? 208-424-9300. We're talking Boise State hoops. Got the late tip. 8.30, Extra Mile Arena hosting San Jose State at the bottom of the standings. A big stretch of games coming up for Boise State only because they can win, they should win, and Prater, hopefully for this fan base's sake, they will win and put themselves in an excellent position with a few games left in the league to possibly win this thing. Wouldn't that be crazy if Leon can win this league two out of three years? Wow. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, especially if he could follow it up with an NCAA tournament victory, which again is all I really care about. How, How lucky, not lucky, how fortunate is Boise State basketball that they're going back to Fresno State on Saturday, which they won that game by, what, 24, I point? 90 to 66. They're playing the four worst teams in the league. Wyoming, 
Fresno State, San Jose State, and Air Force in their next four games. So that's uh, that's a nice break in the schedule after such a rough start. And that's exactly what Jerry Palm was saying. You've got to win these games if you want to be team relevant. And for Tyson Degenhardt, if he wants to be individually relevant in the Mountain West, he needs to have the kind of games he's had the last four games. And Boise State needs to compete for a championship over these next couple weeks. Prater, 29, 25, 17, 24. Those are the last four games of scoring that Tyson Dagenhart has had. His rebounding numbers are up as well. Good assist numbers. He's finally hitting free throws at a very high percentage. Wish I could say the same thing about downtown. Hasn't hasn't developed into the three-point shooter I would have liked him to do throughout his career. He's only shooting 30% in conference games. That's not good. But we're talking the candidacy of Tyson Dagenhart to win conference player of the year first First people, person to do it here since Derek Marks, if that's the case. But before, like, what what goes into it? You've been talking to the Mountain West today. We wanted to know the exact criteria first and foremost for how you do win this sucker. Yeah, the Mountain West Player of the Year. It'll be eleven coaches, strictly just the eleven coaches voting for this, and, and the award is, is based on conference games only. So it has okay. nothing to do with the non-conference. It has nothing to do with the postseason. It's literally the eighteen conference games and the eleven basketball coaches voting on this. So that's exactly what the criteria is here. And to answer your question, is Tyson Degenhardt in the conversation? Absolutely, he's in the conversation. He probably wasn't four games ago. Now he's absolutely in this conversation. I think he's playing better than anybody in the Mountain West right now. But I don't think he's going to win this thing. As a matter of fact, I think he's got a long ways to go. First of all, Boise State, if they if they run the table and win a regular season championship, which is certainly in play, and, and Tyson Degenhardt continues playing the way he's playing right now, He's going to get votes and may even win it. There's a path for him to win it. There's no doubt about that. Right now, that path for me starts with uh, uh, Ladi out of San Diego State and Osabor out of Utah State. And they play tonight. It's the first. It's the two best teams in the league. It's the mm-hmm. two best players in the league. It's the two best players on paper in the league. The dominance of those two players over anybody else, to me, it's a big gap. It's those two, and then there's a big gap, and then there's like three or four or five other players after that, in my opinion, that could still have a chance to go off and do it. Probably Tyson is the best chance, just based on the momentum that he has and the way that he's been playing. Uh, and if he can close this sucker out and get the team to close out strong with him, he's going to have a chance. But right now, I think there's a lot of work to do. It's Ladie, it's Osabor, and let's see what happens after that ballgame. You know, what? in your opinion then, listeners, what, what does Tyson Dagenhart fill in the blank? Blank must happen for Tyson Dagenhart to win Mountain West Player of the Year. What would that blank be for you? If not, I also want to ask you the question, why not Tyson? What's going to be the reason Tyson Dagenhart doesn't win Mountain West Player of the Year. Maybe it's a simple name of another player, or maybe it's the standings. Maybe you have to have a first or second place finish if you think you're a Tyson Dagenhart and you want to win this thing. For me, Prater, if Tyson Dagenhart does win this award, he's probably going to have, and you'll detail this in a second very well, but he's probably going to have lesser stats than Ledee or Osabor, right? It's going to be one of those things where it's he's it's going to be not only the stats will be good, but not as good as those two, but it'll be a glue thing for me. It'll be, I mean, coaches are the only ones with votes. Coaches, you would think, love Tyson Dagenhart. I think they'll say if Boise State can win the league, and that's my 
blank. They have to, in my opinion, win this league to have Tyson Dagenhart win this award. I don't think he can win it on a second or third place team, and that'll be easier said than done. But for me, it'll be one of those deals. Coaches, you know, probably favor Tyson Dagenhart a lot. I mean, he's a coach's dream. Maybe that helps him this year. Last year, he was first team all league. Does he take it that next step? I think he's in the mix. I think he's a candidate. We'll see what he does tonight, but prepare to buy no means is this thing even close to being wrapped up, and that includes Jaden Lede and your boy, Great Osabor. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's not wrapped up. There's definitely plenty to do, but I, yeah, I mean, the only way that Tyson is going to win this if they win the league. And statistically, even if he's not as good as those two are, uh, and Boise State wins the regular season, there, it's going to be a tight race. He's going to be in consideration, but if Utah State wins the regular season, you know, you got to go with Osabor, who's been playing absolutely phenomenal bas- or basketball. If San Diego State wins the regular season, you probably got to go with Ladie, and you can't take Tyson. You know, Tyson's stats are pretty close to those guys, but if you look at the stats here, and if you look at conference only, uh, I mean, Ladie is considered the odds-on favorite to win it, but his rebounding and his scoring have gone down very slightly since they started conference play. What I'm saying is he was more dominant outside of the conference than he has been inside the conference. Both Tyson Degenhardt and Great Osabor have upgraded their per points per game, their rebounds per game in conference play. Not by much, point here, point there, mm-hmm. but they've gotten better in conference play to me. That's an absolutely good sign. I took 24 statistical categories over uh, the, off the Mountain West site, and Osabor was listed in the top 15 of 19 of those categories. He's a well-rounded player. I mean, he can do all things. He's he's one of the best all-around players. He's that inside force. He can do a lot of different things. Uh, Ladie is is a rebounder and a scorer, and he certainly is going to be in there. But Tyson Degenhart to me is uh, he's got a lot to do. He's taken uh, yeah out of those twenty-four statistical categories that I talked about. Osa Bohr is listed in nineteen of them. Tyson Degenhart's only listed in nine. Statistically, he's not really? even close to dominant. Not even close to dominant like Greg Osabor. I mean, that great Osabor is. So uh, I put, uh, I kind of put him in tier. Tier one for me is Ladie and Osabor with a massive gap, and then tier two is is uh, the Tyson Degenhart, the Isaiah Stevens, maybe even House. Uh, Blake Shearer, Griffin, some of those other guys that are doing great things on, on statistical. Some of those guys that I even just mentioned here uh, are statistically better across the board than, than Tyson Degenhardt. So Tyson Degenhardt's doing great things, and if he continues to play well, very, very well. And he's playing at a high, high level right now, and Boise State wins a regular season. I can see it happening, but there's zero room for uh, air to their ballgame. Yeah, and I think it's going to be Ladie. Osabor, Tyson, in that order. Isaiah Stevens is my wild card. I mean, I don't think Colorado State's going to win the league, but if Colorado State can somehow rally, maybe like run the table, win the league, maybe they turn it into some type of sometimes Prater when it's close, a league and coaches who vote, they'll turn it into like a lifetime achievement award. And you'll see Isaiah Stevens will get it. Because, hey, well, he's played in this league for five full years, never left, been an all-league guy perennially uh, each and every year. And maybe if it comes to the point where they'll give it to the old man, maybe they will. But for me, I mean, San Diego State, if Ladie keeps doing what he's doing, I think he, I absolutely subscribe to the fact that he is the front runner. Osabor's the wild card, man. Utah State, this guy wasn't in the league last year. He was playing in the big sky, man. Playing for Montana. Sprinkle brings him down to Logan. His numbers get dramatically better across the board. It wasn't like great Osabor ate the big sky's lunch last year. He didn't. 
You look at his numbers, he almost like double his scoring. It's crazy. The 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 jump that Osabor made. And uh he's Statis- got Statistically, yeah. the most dominant player in the in the league by far. Great Osabor. Yes, and, and and unfortunately for Tyson, in your argument there, Isaiah Stevens is across the board. If you look at all the different statistical statistical categories, yeah, he, he doubles up Tyson Degenhardt. Isaiah Stevens is in the top ten in twice as many categories as Tyson Degenhardt. But you know, there's the glue guy. There's the how you play in now well guy. Um, and, and you know, I mean, Jerry Palm has uh, Colorado State as a five seed in the tournament. They got Boise State as a nine seed. Now, Colorado State's got to go off and close the deal. There's no doubt about that. Let's see what happens in the regular season. The, certainly, the, the the tournament won't have any impact on nope. this. The votes will already nope. be done. But votes will uh, be done. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, if I had to rank them in order at this point, I'm going to go Osabor. These are my opinions, not how I think it's going to vote. Osabor should be the, the player of the year, and to me it's not even close. He's that dominant of a player. Then Ladie, then I'm going to go Isaiah Stevens, and then I'm going to go Tyson Degenhardt, which firmly puts him on the uh, all-conference first team where I expect him to be. Don't forget, by the way, uh, Isaiah Stevens was the preseason player of the year mm. in, in this conference. Okay. I would imagine uh, that's going to carry a little bit of cachet, even though it probably shouldn't. What do you guys think? 208-424-9300, Tyson Degenhardt. Why... Could he? How could he win Player of the Year in this league? And why won't he? 208 424 9300. We'll take calls and text messages on that. Back to Great Osabor, real quick, Prater. Boise State, for whatever the reason was, you know, he didn't he didn't rip Boise State off this year. You know, Great Osabor. First off, like he's like never sat. Think about this. He's played 40 minutes and then he played 43 minutes, the two games, because one of those games went to overtime. So he has never sat a minute. And either of those games, Boise State and Utah State, have played this year. But one game, 10 and 10. Okay. The other game, 14 and 10. Okay. Some great numbers. But if you look at his game logs, what Osabor's been doing to other teams in this league, I mean, he dropped over 30 on San Jose and Air Force, the two worst teams in the league. He dropped 24 on UNLV there at the bottom of the standings. But, yeah, this guy's been lighting it up. And uh, really cool story. I know people in Boise don't care about it. It's Utah State. They hate those guys. They don't want them to be good, you'd think, most times. But Utah State, what an interesting story. And I'll leave you with this. Who you got? Utah State, San Diego State. Who wins that game? Oh, I have no idea. I have, where is the game being played? Uh, I believe it's in San Diego State. Who who won the first game? Um, I believe Utah. State. I don't know. I don't have any of these. I don't have facts for you. I just want you to just tell me what you like here. I, 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 would, I would have. I have no idea. So. Not to, okay, Kenny Chesney. Yes, we have uh, your next opportunity to qualify for Kenny Chesney tickets coming up. JP will get you that information. Uh, here in a few minutes. The original Kids Fair we're talking about for a second is presented by Bimart. It's this Saturday, February 24th. Special guest, Bluey. KTIK, the tickets teaming up with Optimus Football, so we'll all be down there registering registering kids for their programs. going to be a full day. Interactive fun, magicians, stage performances at Expo Idaho. Saturday from 10 to 6. Myself, Prater, and JP. We're taking turns at the booth, Prater. I nice. hope you're ready. We're coming after your kids, guys. We want you to bring your kids to the kids' fair so we can wrestle with them and rough them up. It's going to be great, huh, Prater? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go meet Bluey. I, I, that, that I don't get. Who the hell is Bluey? I think, Bluey's I think, a cartoon character. I think he's a dog, right? Is it Blue's Clues? Is that Bluey? No, no, they're totally different. Blue's, Blue's, Clues? Bluey's a dog, right? Yeah, Blue. Blue's Clues. Bluey, no, the dog. No. <laughs> Blue's Clues is a different dog. 
<laughs> These JP history lessons, man. I love it. All right, prayer of the ball game. KTIK the ticket. This is Idaho Sports Talk with Printer in the Ballgame. Brought to you by RowPaint.com. Providing high-quality paint and coating solutions for commercial, residential, industrial, and concrete surfaces for over 22 years. Power in people. Pride in painting. Sports Radio, the ticket. Two zero eight four two four at 9300 we only want the legit listeners right now that would seriously consider driving to Salt Lake City for a sporting event. If there was Major League Baseball or NHL hockey, and I guess it's going to be what you prefer, but if you would think generally for the Boise sports fan, what do you think is going to get more people driving to Salt Lake? An NHL team or a Major League Baseball team, because the person I hang out with every day in the RowPaint.com studio, Michael Forrest Prater, for him, I'm guessing it's ice hockey, and you don't even want to. I mean, baseball would be cool, but nothing about the hockey? Um, sure. Um, yeah, if, if NHL comes to, to, to Salt Lake, I, I would be very excited for that, just based on the five-hour drive. It brings, I mean, I've always said that one of Boise State's biggest issues is that it's the most isolated city in this country. Totally. Find me another city with this many people where you have to drive five hours in any direction to, to find people. Good point. And, and so just getting to Salt Lake City for whether it's NBA, Major League Soccer, uh, NBA, uh, I mean, Major League Baseball, NHL, whatever it is that they have, uh, it, it's a it's a really easy road trip. Uh, I would love to go to hockey, but I, I go out of my way to try to find hockey games once a year, no matter what. And I will I will make the effort to go to a hockey game, whether it's spending the money or flying to L.A. or flying to Vegas or wherever I need to go to watch hockey. Yeah, I'll make the effort. I won't make an effort to watch Major League Baseball, but if Major League Baseball is five hours away from here. Hell yes, I'll go once a year <laughs> to, to sit in, the, in, in right field at the top row and, and eat peanuts and drink a beer and lay out in the sun because that's really what baseball is for me. So uh, I think it would be spectacular. I think there's a, I think there's a possibility that Salt Lake gets both. I think there's a great possibility wow. that Salt Lake gets one. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out. The Olympics are coming back to Salt Lake City, and uh, it's a winter sports town. If you were asking me which one would be more successful – I'd have to think it might be hockey, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm I'm confident about that one. Yeah, it feels like hockey. Feels like hockey's trending up. Where I don't know what the hell baseball is doing right now. You know, changing rules left and right. Now it still is. I mean, it's the national pastime. Baseball will still have a special place in a lot of folks' heart. For me, hell yes, I would rather drive the hours it takes to get to Salt Lake to watch, say, my Mariners when they are in town. The the Salt Lake's team would be nice if they were in the American League, so the Mariners would come there a couple of times and vice versa. Or maybe it would be nice if they put them in the National League, where a lot of folks in Boise, if you are Mariner fans, cool, now you can have a National League team because, be honest, Boise fan, if you're a Mariner fan right now only because of geographic location, this is one of the greatest um, get-out-of-jail-free cards I've ever seen in sports. The Mariners are the worst organization in the four pro majors, basically. This gives you, the Boise fan, a chance to get a new team in Salt Lake City, and you can ditch the stinking Mariners. 208-424-9300, taking some calls on this. What do you think would be a bigger success, and why? 
for the Boise fan. MLB in Salt Lake City or NHL in Salt Lake City? As Prater said, they're hoping to get both. Um, per a Jeff Passan article I read today on ESPN.com, Prater, uh, Rob Manford, the baseball commissioner, said expansion is inevitable. I don't. What, what is the, Not for the, Salt Lake, though. I mean, just an expansion in Major League Baseball. Yes, yes. But uh, they he did say that Nashville and Salt Lake are at the front of the line, whatever that means. Portland is in the past. Vegas is trying to get the A's. We're talking expansion here, like two new teams, Nashville and possibly Salt Lake. In the NHL, I know they want the Arizona franchise, but hockey, I don't believe, is in a position to expand, right? If they're going to get the NHL, you got to get a team willing to move. Unless they want to go 33 teams, which would be kind of silly at this point, so I'm not sure that that's going to happen. But, uh, uh, yeah, I... I I'm hoping, and just because uh, obviously I'm very, very biased toward that market, that city. Yeah, I, I love that city. I love the future of that city. It's a dynamic, young, rich, fast-growing, smart. It checks a lot of boxes for corporate sponsorship, America, and I think it could be the next major league sports hub in, in, in this country in Salt terms Lake, of huh? in terms of you know not I'm not talking about you know New York, Chicago. I'm not talking. Let's not get too carried away, but. You know, the Jazz are financially unbelievably successful. I think the NHL would be unbelievably successful. I think Major League Baseball might have a chance. Uh, the MLS team there is very, very successful financially. Uh, lots of sellouts. So uh, I think it would really, really attract. And, and hopefully Salt Lake can at least close the deal on one of those deals. Yeah. And, and, and if they can get both of them, ball game, I can smell a lot of road trips between you and me to Salt Lake City where I will teach you the finer details of that city of which you despise. I need to go with you because I, yeah, I'm not a fan of Salt Lake City. I've no. always held my nose very high in the air regarding that town. They screwed me over a long time ago, and I've never forgiven this town of Salt Lake. If it wasn't for that stinking Malone in Stockton ruining all my NBA yeah, there was that Jordan guy that kind of got in the way a that couple was, times, yeah, too. Yeah, you, he, should, you should hate him and, and the city of Chicago more than you hate Salt Lake. <sighs> JP, let's let's give away some Kenny Chesney tickets here in a second. But first, let's give him one more chance to qualify. Huh? What you got? Well, you got a couple of minutes to do this. So go to KTIK.com and look for the contest tab. And then it will drop down. It says bonus keyword. Right there, it's got the keyword. You just text it to 208 and uh, you have a pretty good shot nice. of doing that. So if you get go that there done right now, yep, go there right now because we're going to give away the winner in about you know a couple minutes, as JP said. So here we go, nice. Prater, um, Chris, the elementary school teacher on Boise, yes, says sir? winter travel to Salt Lake can be nasty. It makes me think baseball would be a better fit for folks in Boise who might get you know another major league franchise a few hours away. It certainly can be an issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, you know, there's, there's, there's days of the year where you, I mean, that stretch between Burley and Tremont and it's, it's ugly and it's brutal and it's nasty, but uh, that's a couple days a year. I mean, I, I go down there every other month and uh, I was going to say, in the winter, yeah. I, I go there all the time. So uh, yeah. uh, it's, it's not an issue, but there are times where you have, you have planned a trip and you can't go. Again, keep them coming in, guys. Great stuff on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line on this thing. What would be a bigger deal just for you? If Utah gets football, I'm sorry, if Utah gets baseball and NHL hockey, what would you want to go see more? So far, Prater, I got more ball games here than Praters. A lot of people excited about Major League Baseball in Utah. I know, I know, I know. I get it. Major League Baseball probably has more fans, which is kind of weird for me, so... 
Um, what are you hearing about the the stadium at all? I mean, I know there's that Utah baseball group. It's called Big League Utah. You can go to BigLeagueUtah.com. They're kind of the organization behind it. Well, that's the Larry H. Miller family. The, oh, okay. The, 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 the former Utah Jazz owners and Larry H. Miller and uh, and their family's doing baseball. And Ryan Smith, who owns the Jazz now, is is bringing hockey, uh, is trying to bring hockey into Salt Lake City. So two mo- ma- monster local ownership groups with lots and lots of money. Uh, they've got stadium plans. They've got district plans. They've, they're well deep into the plans, and it's uh, it, it could very well happen. By the way, ball game. I have a um, over the weekend. I bought t- the Vegas Golden Knights are playing a hockey game in Salt Lake City in September. It's a preseason game. The one that was here in Boise a couple years ago. They're yeah. playing that in Salt Lake City this That's, year. Okay. And uh, and uh, I'm going down. You want to go down with me to watch a hockey game? September's tough for me, man. I know. You know, but yeah, maybe I will. I'm just going to commit to it. Yes, commit I'll go. to it. Commit Is it a weekend? It. It's a Monday, so we need to get off work. Can we do the show from the arena in Salt Lake City? No, not from the arena. Well, I mean, we're, we're from the from the truck stop. We can figure something yeah. out. Yeah, okay. maybe we'll do that. Yeah, Prater yeah, in the yeah. ball game. JP, what do you think Prater would do if Utah Salt Lake? You know, the Salt Lake. Ice Hawks, whatever the hell they would call the team. Maybe they keep the Coyotes, the Salt Lake Coyotes. No. Prater's joining forces with the Utah team. He's going to surpri- stay that, with Vegas? That kind of surprises his home, me, When Prater. his team at yeah. Utah, when his Salt Lake was like his home away from home, if he gets a hockey team in Salt Lake, he's going to root against them? I don't see it. 100%. I will be rooting against them. My fandom for Vegas is... Uh, oh, wow. It's, you, yeah, yeah, it's, I will not, it's I will, done. I will not be... But I, I, I'm, I'm also that fan that I can like. I mean, I like your yeah. Seattle Kraken. Yeah, yeah. You oh, love, yeah. I love the Kraken. They'll I guess. easily be your second team. Well, I don't know about that. Let's let's see what happens. I mean, if they got a stupid name, stupid colors, stupid co- you know jerseys, stupid mascot, uh, I'm willing to hate them. I got no problem hating them if they're if they stay. Yeah, yeah, okay. God, Utah's such a special place for you, though, man. I lived ah. there for seven years. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, how many years that means I didn't live in Utah? I lived in Utah for seven. Actually, I lived in six because halfway through I moved away for a year, and then I was stupid enough to move back. So six years. Come on, man. Plus, the Vegas thing is a is a family affair. Yeah, it is. No, and you've won, you won your cup too. Yes. You know, um, when you live through an experience like a cup or a Super Bowl or whatever, I would imagine you're not ditching your team a few years later because one pops up in the town you went to college in. Only JP ditches his team for yep. something better. That's it. JP's di- name one team JP has ditched. Two oh eight. 424-9300. Maybe we'll give you a cookie if you can guess the right answer on that. All right, JP, we'll give away Kenny Chesney tickets if you've registered. Awesome. You're going to find out if you're a winner here in a couple minutes, right, JP? All right, cool stuff. Prater in the ball game. K-T-I-K, the ticket. Prater in the ball game are about to become a foot taller because they're jumping on their soapboxes. It's the 90-second soapbox with Prater in the Ball Game On Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. All right, the news, the CFP we all expected, 6-6 six, six format, will now be 5-7. The five best conference champions will get automatic bids, and then we go seven at-large teams. 12-team tournament spectacular. I cannot wait for college football. I do have one bone to pick with this tournament. And I have imagine I imagine this will get changed down the road because it's lame. The first four seeds. Okay, these are the teams that get bye weeks in this tournament. That is crucial. They have to be conference champions. I don't like this. Look, 
You win your conference and that automatically qualifies you into the tournament. Yes. Once you get all the qualifiers, then you do the seeding. You don't promise seeds. What if, and this will happen, what if there's a team that wins the Big 12 and they end up having four losses? So that four loss Big 12 champion is going to get a bye week and a home game or whatever in this tournament. A bye week in this tournament when, let's say, there's a one-loss SEC team that lost to Alabama in the conference championship. They're 12-1. and one. They're the second-best team in America, and they're going on the road? or they're going to play the first week because they're not a conference champion? You guys, use the leagues to get them into the dance, but once they're there, you have to have the committee decide who the best 12 teams are and do it in that order. That's the one bone I have to pick. There's no reason why the SEC can't be the first, the second, and the third seed. Give me the best teams. Do it like they do it in basketball. Okay, I'm just going to finish with this. Get off it! Let me take you back to November 13th, 2010. You probably don't know what happened that day, but it was Leon Rice's first ever home basketball game at Boise State. He played somebody by the name of Western State. He beat him 78-52, and according to the attendance and the box score, there was 2,447 fans in attendance. Guys, for like the first five, six, seven years of the Leon Rice era, it was more of the same. Great big opponents every now and then, but for the most part, lots of fans and way more empty seats. The one thing that Leon Rice is still chasing is an NCAA tournament victory, and we talk about that a lot, and he needs to make that happen this year. But the one thing that we don't talk enough about is the way he's elevated the crowds, and I can speak from experience. Guys, I go to these basketball games usually with my family because they like basketball and we buy tickets and we go up and sit in the stands. That's almost impossible anymore. It's absolutely almost impossible to find tickets somewhere and to get good tickets and to go. And I'm not even talking about crappy games like tonight or crappy games like Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock or against crappy opponents. Leon Rice, guys, has built a steady, 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 consistent fan base this year where there's 10,000-plus in that building every single game, no matter who they're playing, when they're playing, where they're playing, or why they're playing. And I don't think we should take, uh, I, I don't think we should take that lightly. It's a really cool thing to see based on the crowds, based on the attendance, mostly based on the consistency. That's the cool part. Back in the day, you never knew what was going to show up at Extra Mile Arena in terms of fandom because the games didn't matter or the players were playing, whatever. It doesn't matter. The excuses are gone, and Leon Rice is putting fans in the seats. They've changed the attendance rules, and you're going to hear a whole bunch of nonsense about records. That's fine. I don't care about the records. I know that when I show up and my family and I show up at Extra Mile Arena, the seats are not there anymore. The crowds are legitimate. They're consistent. And Leon Rice, you get credit for that. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. Ticket Sports Update sponsored by Hillcrest Floral. No matter the occasion, express yourself with the best and freshest flowers in Boise. Hillcrest Floral has exactly what you're looking for. Call 208-345-5151. You can order online at hillcrestfloral.net. Well, we did pick a winner of our Kenny Chesney concert tickets. It was not Mike Prayer. It was Uh. not Johnny Ballgame. It was Bradley in Boise. 
So Bradley has uh, got a pair of tickets to go see Kenny Chesney. We, we'll have some more down the road. Yep, we have more coming. Yeah. Uh, we'll let you know when that's going to be available. But yeah, Prater, we got uh, Bradley, you said, JP? Bradley. couple yes. of tickets. Bradley will see Kenny Chesney nice. in July. That's going to be nice. awesome. I wish we could fast forward to July right now. No, 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 no. You don't want to. No, yeah. no, no. I'm, I'm... I believe that Kenny Chesney had a song called "Living in Fast Forward," <laughs> and you just, you just, you just almost uh, threw, threw out a Kenny Chesney. Song. Uh, Speaking of fast forward, JP, write down J- Johnny's soapbox, which I okay. think is the worst soapbox he's ever done. I've okay. never wanted to debate him more in my entire life. The, the the fact that you came up with that rationale is beleaguering to me, ballgame. Why? So if you lose, let's say what? let's say the SEC champion <laughs> conference championship game, Alabama beats Georgia. You think Georgia should be the better seed than Alabama? If the committee tells me, that, no, 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 Alabama would be a guaranteed seed. They they would get they would be the one I would imagine if the undefeated Bama team, but Georgia could be the two seed. Why, why, why does Georgia, why can't they get a bye? Just because they didn't win their league? Because you don't think conference championships matter. That's I what, do. We're trying, to get, we're trying to get rid of polls. We're trying to get rid of human committees. And college football is trying to, it, which completely screws things up all the time, is trying to make it matter on the field. And when you win on the field and win a championship game, that should matter. Conference championship game should matter. It gets you in the tournament. Matter. It does matter. It should matter in terms of seeding, too. No, you got to give me the best teams. Get buys, Prater. The best teams. Don't lose the Saturday before the tournament starts in a championship game. What if Georgia's twelve <laughs> and one, and Utah's? JP, JP. Now you're throwing out. Yeah, now you're throwing out ridiculous maybe scenarios. We, we, we the scenario up. he gave me. Well, we may need to table this because yes. uh, we're getting close yes. to a feedback finale, and and both of you guys are fired up about it. Eh. Well, just because that was a horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Expect better uh, from a varsity uh, level. People, people, trust me, more people listening are agreeing with me. It's typical. I what get it. What do you it. mean, more people are? Who? People are driving to the car going, yeah, I'm with ballgame. Okay. I want the best now teams now to get bye weeks. For people that I don't are want a four-loss Utah team to snag a bye week away from a one-loss Ohio State who just couldn't beat Michigan. I'll shut up. <sighs> Boise State basketball tonight. Extra Mile Arena, San Jose State. It's a late-night game. 8.30. Bob Beeler and Abe Jackson have the call as uh, Boise State can take over sole possession of second place in the Mountain West standings with a win because uh, also tonight, San Diego State is at Utah State, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports, um, and then also uh, Wyoming playing at Nevada tonight. And today, the first day, uh, NFL teams could place a franchise tag on a player. So far, no one has been hit with that tag, at least uh, not in the last uh, 45 minutes or so. No hurry, though. There, there's a 15-day window to place a tag on impending free agents. All right, JP, feedback finale. Last chance to chime in. What do you think? 208-424-9300 on our Cloverdale Plumbing text line. Let's have some fun on this. Again, congratulations, Bradley, for winning those Kenny Chesney tickets. And uh, let's get to our feedback finale coming up on Prater and the Ball Game. JP, one more quick reminder that Friday, the sweet deal is R&R Barbecue. Uh, you give us $35, we'll give you 50 to spend at R&R. That's Friday morning, 9 a.m., at KTIK.com. This is where we read all the brilliant points, stats, and facts from the greatest listeners in sports talk radio history. Okay, we're sucking up a bit. It's the feedback finale on Sports Radio, the ticket. Comes to us on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line, 208-424-9300. Pat says, regarding Kenny Chesney, Johnny, for me, ball game, 
I started to really like Kenny Chesney with the song, There Goes My Life. If I ended up with tickets, I got a tough decision to make. Take my wife of 43 years or take my little girl, who is now 34, and is the one who turned me on to Kenny Chesney. Regardless, go Broncos. And P.S. loved the Jerry Palm interview. Nice. Pat, sorry you did not win the tickets. Um, Bradley won the tickets, but uh, more tickets to come here on Sports Radio The Ticket. Um, Michael says, four men's basketball games ago, I stopped by Pastry Perfection and bought a Tyson Dozen, a Dagenhart Dozen. And then Tyson went off on uh, a tear. I think you should go back, Michael, and buy another Dagenhart Dozen. Let's see what he does tonight. I mean, you heard, Prater, we detailed his last four games, if you're just joining us, 24, 17, 25, and 29 points. Got San Jose State coming to town tonight, 8.30 tip. Let's see if, yes or no, does Tyson Dagenhart score 20 points, Prater? Yes. Okay. Um, Kurt says player of the year, Jaden Ledee. Very respectable season. Uh, that's kind of where I go, too, but Prater's got a pretty good case for great Osabor with Utah State too. He's having a terrific year. Just feels like San Diego State has the star power when it comes to this league. Now, I don't know if that's how the coaches are going to vote. We Again, we found out today, in order to, to win Mountain West Player of the Year, Prater, there's only 11 votes. The and 11 it, coaches, and it's all based on just conference only. And Gray Osabor has the best stats around the league in terms of the conference. It's not even close. He's way ahead of Ladee. He's way ahead of Tyson but maybe a lot of that is padding, uh, stat padding on some of the lower-level teams. I need to do a little bit deeper dive there. Tonight, let's see what happens head-to-head in, in this game. If Utah State wins this league regular season, okay, I think Great Osabor will be your Mountain West Player of the Year. Everett says, I was looking at Jerry Palm's projected bracket, saw he projected six Mountain West teams. Why aren't they giving Boise a little more love? They have a strongest non-conference schedule of any other Mountain West team, but are ranked only above Nevada he has them as a nine, having them go up against number one seed Houston if they win their first game. I would imagine Jerry Palm is more than likely to skyrocket Boise State up if they just keep on winning basketball games. So let's get the complete body of work and then figure out uh, the injustices from there. Regarding uh, my Prater's winner of the weekend, which was the Toyota Camry, uh, Darren suggests let's take a picture of JP's Camry and put it on Craigslist for like 1500 bucks, and people will start blowing up his phone trying to get it. Yeah, you're right. I did look it up, and uh, about three grand is what I could get for it. Which, which means in real life, that's probably down to two because those car dealers always get you kind of. You ne- I, I, I need to listen. I need a, a phone call from somebody that got as much money as they thought. Okay. Actually, during COVID, I heard those stories a lot oh. because there was a shortage of car- yeah. cars. So oh, yeah. that was actually happening a lot. But in the real world, JP, your car is probably worth fifteen hundred bucks. Uh, worth more than that to he me. He puts a lot of time and money into that Prater. No, he I don't doesn't. Know. He doesn't put money into it. Well, just when it breaks down. It breaks down. I've, uh, now, now you're going to jinx. It's got over two hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah, JP, are you pushing for three hundred? Is I, that the goal? I want to get uh, two hundred thirty-four thousand miles because that's the distance between Earth and the Moon. Oh, that's awesome, man, Prater. <laughs> that's what he's doing in the Camry. He is driving the distance from Earth to the Moon. Oh, you're so cool, man. Uh, Tom says, I lost the weekend. I was in Orlando all last week, and I had tickets to the Daytona 500. As we all know, the race was postponed due to rain. 
and my travel plans did not allow us for an extra day, oh. and I had to leave Monday morning without seeing the race. Traitor! That stinks. I'm not doing that. I don't care what the situation is. If I go in town for that weekend and the event gets pushed back, Prater, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm going to the Indy 500, or I'm sorry, Daytona 500 in this case. I'm, I mean, I, I'd call you guys. I'd make arrangements. Prater, that's, what's this guy's name? That was uh, Tom. Ah, Tommy. Well, so you he, don't know Tommy's situation, so you can't say that. That's ridiculous. Dude, he spent the whole weekend in Florida. Tommy. Okay, what if what if the airline came and said, I can switch your airline. It's going to cost you 700 bucks. Come on, ball game. What? Maybe, I, maybe a family member was dying at home. Come that, on, man. That, that would definitely come before. Come on, man. The longer we, we don't know what we don't know what his issue was, and uh, respect his his. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes he that admitted happens. that he lost the weekend. John. Yeah, that's God, tough, man. now you now you want to. They pushed it back, the and he had to fly home. Dang it! Sorry, Tom. Mick says, "Always love your show. We're going to all the remaining basketball games. Go Broncos." As you should. So only three left. Three. After games. this, it's two, though. Yeah. After tonight, you got two home games left in Senior Night, Max Rice. Tuesday, 9 p.m. tip, March 5th. That's going to be brutal. Jim says, the only team that I've ditched was the Chicago Bears when I was eight years old. They traded my favorite player, Roosevelt Taylor, to Frisco, and I've been a Niners fan for the last 55 years. So back in 1969, Roosevelt Taylor was traded. I don't even know who that is. I have never heard of him myself. Um, Jim says, President Harrison, Johnny, caught pneumonia after giving an extra long inauguration speech and died 30 days later. Now that's a stupid head. Ouch. Um, And he reminds you that as far as the kids fair and Bluey, who is the special guest this weekend, Bluey is a girl dog. With her little sister, Bingo. Hmm. Bluey and Bingo. I don't know how that's popular. Well, you don't watch kids' cartoons. You're, you're not four years old. If you were four years old, Bluey would okay. be the most important okay. thing in your Sorry. entire life. Man, tomorrow, our most important list continues. We'll get back to the offensive side of the ball, Mike Prater. Let's do it. Also... Tomorrow, what is it, a Wednesday college football hour? Keeping you up to speed with everything going on. Prater, maybe. Maybe we'll have a coordinator and quarterback coach tomorrow. Count on it? No. No. Well, he's Prater. He's JPM Johnny. We are Idaho Sports Talk. Prater, the ball game. Love ya. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents. We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more.